episode 179. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It's, it's a trap. Gonna toss it, gonna taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftover. Uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftover. Only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. You're listening to the only podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive spider. It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, five four, four, three, three two, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. Yeah, it's just us this week. Just the two of us, Jake. Yes, it's one of those magic episodes where I get a smoke the entire time. <laughs> we're doing it over Skype. That's right. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> you know, hey, Jake, I wanted to bring up something real quick. Well, something uh, something funny first. I, I, uh, you, you've got your other podcast going right now. Yes, the yes. old wrestling jabronis. Wrestling jabronis. And you know, that's one of the things, like, I subscribed to it and I told you, like, I'm not, I don't watch wrestling. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'll subscribe to it. You'll get my download. I'm not gonna listen. I'll be honest with you. I've listened, I think, to every episode but one. Um, I, I don't know why. It's just, I think, I just, I know nothing about wrestling. I was thinking, like, maybe this is gonna get me back into wrestling. And, it, it's just amazing to me, though. Like, I'm still not watching wrestling. I tried. Yes. To, you guys suggested watching that. What was that? Lucha Underground. Yes, yes. I watched like the first maybe ten minutes of it, and then when it started to go into like one of those scenes where they're, you know, like the who, in the in the like basement or yeah. in the guy's office or I was, whatever. I was like, no, I'm out. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't do it. That's my favorite part about that show. <laughs> I, I know. I listening to you guys. And I'll tell you one thing. I mean I, I I've never met the guy, but uh Kelly really brings a lot of a lot to the show and uh Yeah. Kelly's yeah. a great guy. Did you you listen to our most current episode? Yes. Yes I did. I, I actually put Kelly's job at risk that episode yeah, that was very funny I, I got a kick out of that and i can't wait uh, i'm actually that's one of the reasons i'm gonna keep listening is just to see if you guys can stump kelly i want to see how many weeks in a row you can stump him if you can at all so yeah um, exactly jeez i didn't even get to finish the first question we had for him yeah yeah oh it was so great yeah well you asked him the wrong question it was about uh, uh rick, rick martel. The model martel yeah rick the model martel i remember that guy that's going yeah. way back, so yeah. You know, so much. So yeah, if anyone out there is a big wrestling fan, check out Wrestling Jabronis. Um, and we're trying to, uh, if you can stump our co-host with classic WWE trivia, then he could possibly lose his writing job. My only gripe is it's like every week you show up and you do our show. And it it sounds like maybe you're just kind of like on autopilot. Like I'm not getting the passion out of you that you that you have. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, like there's something like you got like a spring in your step. I feel like I feel like, you know, we're like we're the old married couple, but you got your side chick. 
and you're so excited to see your side chick and your side chick is wrestling dude and you uh-huh. you sound so much more upbeat on that show like here I, i'm like oh it's time for dc news and you're like Ugh. and like there <laughs> and over, over there you're just like wrestling 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 it's just did you uh, listen to our did you listen to our last episode our ba- our fast lane review episode yeah you weren't you weren't happy about fast lane the event but like on the flip side it's still still more wrestling i don't know i'm also i also have to be a little bit more chipper and upbeat on the wrestling jabronis because i'm trying to like do the hosting duties as far as that's concerned (laughs) it's never stopped me i don't know yeah we're over here you get that you get that fun job yeah that's true and it's Uh, easier for me to to poo-poo shit yeah that's true it's like uh, it's very true. No, but I've been getting a kick out of it, and I really enjoy uh, the uh, chemistry between you, Mears, and Kelly. It's re- it's really good, even for somebody that doesn't uh, watch wrestling on the regular or at all. So, thank you. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I can tell you guys are really passionate about it, and it's like. I mean, it's like, I'm thinking to myself, you know, like growing up, like when you have like that one friend that, uh, all of a sudden you find out he knows about cars. He's talking to you about carburetors and all this shit. And you're thinking to yourself, like, where was I when you were learning about cars? Like, that's how I feel about you on this show. It's like, where is Jake with all of this wrestling knowledge? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's ridiculous. I, I just stopped watching for like about a five year period. Yeah. I, I really didn't miss much. Yeah. So, uh, we do have iTunes reviews. I'm not going to go over them this week. Uh, we're actually, I, we've got a lot of news to cover. So it's not that I don't appreciate the iTunes reviews. I totally do. I just want to, uh, I'll lump them all in next week when we come back and reconvene. Uh, we're not skipping out on bad ones, are we? No, we're not. So don't worry about right. that. Maybe we'll get some bad ones in the interim, but uh, I do want to, do want to jump into our Iron Fist review. And before I jump into the Iron Fist review, cause I, I don't want to bury the lead. I want to talk about Iron Fist first. Uh, yeah, let's do it. I, I've been recording with uh, Steve from Scenic Cast um, for the Iron Fist podcast that they have. So if you search Iron Fist, it, you'll see Iron Fist. It's the first podcast you'll see, and it's uh, Scenic Cast. And I've been recording with those guys, Aaron from Nerd Porn, John from Friday Night Fandom, and Steve and Kova from Scenic Cast. It's been a lot of fun talking with those guys. So if you want to hear more of like a, an in-depth review about the first you know, few episodes, those are already up on iTunes. So enjoy those. But Jake... Let's, yeah, those those guys uh, do a good job. They do that like with every Netflix series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I felt bad for him that they had to do it with Luke Cage because Luke Cage, man, that second half just dragged, dude. So, yeah, more power to him. So, um, let's let's jump into Iron Fist. This is the uh, new series. It's leading into the Defenders, and we've got uh, Finn Jones here. We've got some returning people. We've got uh, Carrie Ann Moss as uh, Jerry Holgarth coming back. Of course, we've got Rosario Dawson coming back as Claire Temple, Night Nurse, and uh, it's. Uh, wh- what do you? Wh- okay, I, I want you to rate it and tell me your. How many episodes have you seen? I watched. Two episodes. Okay. I um just with work, and I also went and saw a movie. I, I literally just watched two episodes just about like a couple hours ago. Okay, I've seen the first seven. The first seven. Yes. So you're about halfway through. Yes. So um, I'm actually going to try to finish the whole series tomorrow. Um, I I just right off the bat, um, you know, it was hard to ignore. I usually don't like to read what critics are saying. But when it's like what critics are saying are clickbait headlines on my Facebook, it's kind of hard to ignore at that point. Yeah. 
And so I think we all kind of saw the buzz of basically all the critics hate Iron Fist, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, most of the big name media outlets out there were just they had access to the first six episodes. So they had yes. already seen the first six episodes and they're saying these first six episodes are just not good. The pacing's horrible and the story's awful. Yeah. So I, it was hard not to see that. And I kind of like went in with really low expectations. And I, I got to say, I was with just two episodes. I was pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. and this stuff was a high tasted for me. I, I really liked it. I thought, I thought the pacing was pretty good from what I saw in the first two episodes. Yeah. yeah. And I was pretty riveted by the story. I, uh, a little of that may have to be with the fact that Iron Fist is just one of those characters that like as much of a Marvel fanboy as I am, it's nothing I've ever been really huge into. Like I don't really know his mythos by the back of my hand. You know, I couldn't tell you what his comic book origin is or anything. Yeah. So I'm, pretty riveted by the story actually like i don't really a hundred percent know where it's going or where it will end up yeah yeah and i am i'm also pleasantly surprised by um finn jones is that his name yeah finn jones yeah i i think he's really good in the first two episodes and is a lot of the reason i'm really enjoying it like I, i think he plays it a real subtle like He's not very good in social situations because he hasn't been in any for 15 years since he was a kid. Right, right. And, and I, I find it a really fascinating character. Like that's a, a situation you could easily play for like quirky labs. But that's not being done here. But it, it is kind of being acknowledged just in his interactions with the people I've seen. Um, not so much in the second episode because the second episode was all the – mental hospital stuff but in the first episode like him with the uh the bum in the uh, park and everything just the way he interacts with that guy you can tell like his his social graces even with the uh oh what are the two characters names the uh meachums yeah joy and um it starts with a w joy and ward yeah ward like just his interactions like you can just tell he doesn't have any social graces and I think he plays that character really subtly and really interesting. I really enjoyed this a lot with two episodes in. Yeah, uh, so high taste it for both both episodes. Yeah, high taste oh, it for yeah. both episodes. Let's... And honestly, if we weren't podcasting tonight, mm-hmm. I, I'd still be watching it right now. Yeah, let's go over. I, we forgot to go over a rating system for first time listeners. So, well, fucking, it. I know it's it's this episode's just all over the place, isn't it, Jake? <laughs> uh, <laughs> The pacing's off on this episode. Uh, oh my god! The fight scenes in this episode look look ridiculous. Right. Here's our rating system for pop culture leftovers. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right, so toss it, taste it, Tupperware. I uh, I am going to give the first uh, two episodes, like you, I'm going to give those a taste it. And uh, I enjoyed them too. I really enjoyed both of those episodes. I I still um, – I had a, a harder time with Finn Jones than you did upon first watching it. I think it was like after I got – after I stepped away from the series and I thought about the character and what he was trying to do, I then I figured out what you had already figured out by watching this. Like this guy 
has not been in these social situations. He's been hanging out with monks for the past 15 years. So, you yeah, know, he's kind of like getting reintroduced into this world and he's just happy to be home and, and he doesn't understand why he's met with such, you know, animosity and, and, uh, and, uh, people are kind of like scared of him coming back into their lives if he is who he says he is. So, yeah, I've seen a lot of criticism about him and him being like overacting a lot. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, and I, and I really think that he's not overacting. I think he's a quirky guy. I think that's how they, the director told him to come across. And I, th- I think you've got to look into that. That, that's, I, I think that's how he was directed. I don't think it's bad acting. I think it's actually really, I think it's really good writing so far that I've, that I've seen in the first like two episodes. Now I'm all the way through episode seven. I will tell you my favorite episode so far is episode four mm-hmm. is fantastic from beginning to end. It is just fantastic. Uh, the end of that episode is just phenomenal. My favorite character so far has got to be Colleen Wing. She, uh, she really steps. Oh yeah. She's awesome. She steps up in episodes three and four, even in the first two episodes, you kind of get an idea of kind of like who she is, what her morals are. Um, I watched the uh, first 10 minutes of episode three. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the uh, sequence when uh, they come in and he's hiding on the ceiling. Yes, yeah. And she takes them all down. That was really great. Very cool. And uh, I will tell you, uh, episode six is also fantastic, dude. Episode six is really good. And then the first five minutes of episode seven are horrifying, and it's a holy shit moment. <laughs> so, oh my god, it's pretty horrifying. Like, uh, you know, we're, we're, it's, they're starting to peel back the layers on some of these characters. Not, and what I think is so cool about this is like we're we're slowly learning things about Iron Fist. You know, Danny Rand's character over like what's happened to him like the last fifteen years. But on the flip side, we're also kind of like peeling back the layers on this character of. Hold on, I gotta take a pause. My cat is crying right now, so I'll be oh, right you're back. You're fine. All right, yeah. Sorry about that. I had to take a quick pause, guys. I apologize. I've got a uh, sick pet that I am nursing back to health right now. Yeah, you're fine. So yeah, she was crying, but now she's up on the ta- <laughs> she's up on the table with me, <laughs> so she feels a lot better. She's in a good place. But I think like we're pulling back the layers on like like I said, Danny Rand, like trying to figure out like what's happened to him within the last 15 years. Like yeah, we know that you know he went to Kunlun. And he's been trained by these monks, and now he is the immortal Iron Fist. And we're starting to hear more about his story. But, like, the same story is going on with, with um, uh, what's his name, Harold Meacham. Yes. I mean, he, this guy was presumed dead for 15 years, and he's still alive. We find this out. So it's like, what has this guy been up to the last 15 years? And like, yeah, he's so, a super interesting character. Oh, and totally. up to where I saw the hand had left that message for him just because he left for that moment. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a super intriguing character. And like, we find out way more about him, uh, going into later episodes. And he's a very sinister villain. Like, I'm not saying like he's up there with Kingpin yet. But mm-hmm. he, he's not far from what I've seen from episode seven. Like he's he's getting there, man. And wow. Yeah. Wow. So I, I I think and then also I think like the performances of uh, the guy that plays Ward, he kind of was off putting to me at first a little bit. He's getting so much better as they get as these episodes progress. And yeah, they, and he's he's kind of a giant like d bag too. Like yeah. they established that with like the flashbacks and everything. Yeah. 
Yeah. So the show just wants you to fucking hate him. I don't – I'm not going to – I'm not going to fall into this trap of like, you know, buying into like what the critics are saying about this series, Jake. I'm I'm having a lot of fun with Iron Fist and I think that it's setting up the next story for the Defenders quite well. Like, of course, like these last six episodes that I have to watch, it could just fucking, you know, shit the bed. But so far, I mean, it's it's a very good story and – each each episode is its own it, it moves the story along like in the first if you didn't like the first episode you know it, yeah. you don't get more of that in the second one now he's in a mental institution it's a completely different setting and story and 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 then and then yeah it is it is neat how they set it up like that so they continue doing that every episode for the most part, I mean, episode four really introduces a lot of new things in the series. A lot of new things. Um, we get some new things in episode three as well, but um, you know, we get we get some really cool fight scenes with Colleen Wing. Uh, episode four, we get an amazing fight with Colleen Wing. Episode uh, four, we also get more. Um, they also dive more into the hand, and uh, it's it's really it's really awesome how they do it i i felt like episode four was just some of the one of the best i i would i would stack it up there with some of the first uh first season of daredevil first season of daredevil is just a, a tupperware all the way through um yeah this is i'm just gonna say i mean mm-hmm. i've only seen the first two episodes of this but i i've already been more excited by it than i was the second season of daredevil 2 the first two episodes yeah you're you're right you're right absolutely um because it, it's something new it's something fresh it's something different and yeah exactly i yeah i really dug it what did you think um, of the when he when he used the iron fist when he when we saw that at the end of episode oh, I, two i cheered i i mean because at that point like i really fell into the fiction of this show so i was really worried about the character of danny rand yeah and whether or not he was going to get out of this hospital. Right. And that's how I could tell I was really enjoying the show where I was, I was really just like, you know, getting to the point where I'm like thinking out loud, you know, come on, you know, you got to get out of here, you know, whatever you got to do. Yeah. And when he just punches that door down with the fist, I was literally like fist bumping in my chair. Yeah. It was, it was a really cool moment, man. It really was. Uh, so good. I, I loved, uh, you know, they kind of set it up earlier to where he said, like, you know, he, the more he got hit, the more he got focused. Yeah. And, and so I'm thinking, you know, it's kind of like the Incredible Hulk, like the angrier he gets, like the stronger he gets. So I was like, oh, my gosh, we're going to get to see like a fully, uh, you know, like a fully focused Danny Rand and he's going to go all Iron Fist. And uh, and that's exactly what happened. It was so cool to see that moment when he, when he finally punched When he that first door. started doing it, when he first started making the Iron Fist and running around, I actually thought he was going to go show the doctor that he couldn't show that he could do it before. Yeah. It's like a big like f you like look I'm doing the Iron Fist you asshole. Yeah, like the, the thing is like I was telling the guys on uh, Scenic Cast I was like I was hope part of me was hoping and the movie's old enough to where the, if they did it again not everybody's seen this scene but in Terminator Two at, when Sarah Connor is telling everybody that like about Judgment Day and she's talking about how like ro- you know robots and and the end of the earth and all this stuff Skynet and the doctor's just like you're crazy here's more drugs you know. And yeah. uh, I was thinking to myself, wouldn't it have been cool as he goes Iron Fist, the doctor happens to be in the hallway and sees yeah, him yeah, punch the door. Yeah, yeah, we're saying the same thing. Yes, yes. Yeah, That's, I've wanted that. I wanted it too. And I think Terminator 2 is old enough to where like some of the younger people watching Iron Fist, they would not get that they were watching that exact kind of like scenario. 
And yeah. I think it, it was a it was a missed opportunity, especially yeah. with the setup earlier. Yeah. I, 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 I like that doctor character though. I did like I that liked doctor. the doctor character too. Yeah. He, doc- like I was on the edge of my seat because I'm pretty sure he was gonna let him go until he started talking about the iron fish shit. <laughs> it's I like, was like, son of a bitch. Just shut up. You had you yeah. were good you were on your way out. Stop it. That doctor actor was really great because you could see like the turn on his face when he yeah. was like while he was, I'm going to let you go, doctor, to the second he turned into, I'm not sure I'm going to let you go anymore, doctor. Yeah, yeah. This uh, You'll see as, it, as the series goes along that uh, it really takes a lot of things from Daredevil season one and season two. And it, it and and it's leading up into what's going to happen in the Defenders with like the hand. I'm sure that there's going to be a battle in that series with the hand. So it's it's really putting all these things together, and I think it's doing it nicely. So I can't wait for Defenders, man. I'm really excited now to see the yeah. Defenders. I'm excited too. I'm excited too. You know what really made me feel fucking old in Iron Fist, though? What's that? Oh, the music? He, no, not the music. That he had a. He's got a first-generation iPod. Yeah, yeah. That he had when he was a kid. Yeah. And crashed on the plane. Right, yeah, yeah. So iPods are 15 years old or over 15 years old now and everything. Right. right. So I was just like, oh, jeez. Because at first I thought that was really weird, but then I, like, realized within the story why he had it. Yeah. Uh, The one character that I absolutely hated was Big Al. Oh, which character is Big Al? The oh, see the guy in the in the park. Yeah, the bum in the park. And see the <laughs> because like we talked about it on Cinecast, we were just like that guy was just there to be an internet Google search for him. Yeah, it's like oh yeah, he just yeah. showed up. <laughs> hey, hey man, I like your iPod. I got an iPhone. You can look up anybody on it. Who would you like to look up today? <laughs> 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 yeah, shit's like it was like Danny Rand was on the Amazing Race, just grabbing people to use their iPhones. Exactly. Uh, yeah, but overall, I'm gonna give this series a high taste. It from what I've seen, um, it, and I feel like each episode, uh, it hasn't really been filler for me. I feel like each episode serves its own purpose, and I've enjoyed them all. Like, of course. The only Tupperware episode for me was episode four, episode six, a high tasted. The, the others are tasted, but I'm still going to take this up to a high tasted for the series because I, so far I've really enjoyed it. I've been really surprised at some of the critical reactions that it's gotten. I don't think it's as yeah. bad as they're making it out to be. So. Yeah, where is the, where is the back? I don't understand the backlash for this show. I think a lot of it has to do with the, what the, what they're calling whitewashing. You know, I, I've, oh. I've read that in most of the reviews that, that they missed the opportunity to give it to to an Asian American actor. So yeah, I mean, you got to do that. You got to do Shang Chi. Yeah, if you're going to do that, yeah. I mean, Iron Fist is like the character is like Caucasian, right? In the comics, yes, he is. Yeah, he's Caucasian in the comics. But see, like we've also seen, like in 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 these in these movies, dude, we've seen like you know Nick Fury is now African American. We've seen uh, an African American Human Torch. So yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, they, I guess it wouldn't have hurt anything. It wouldn't have hurt anything. I don't think. And part of me was thinking to myself, like, oh, what 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 would this series have been like if they would have gotten like you know Eco Uas from the raid or Tony Ja like to play the part of Danny Rand. Oh you know, yeah, like, yeah, for like, sure. Jeez, th- yeah. Think about think think about the fighting choreography that that we got there. 
um, from those films and incorporating into this film. But I think maybe it's a little too on the nose to have those guys in some of these scenes because there's a scene later on where like he's in a hallway and guys with hatchets are attacking him and it's a little too reminiscent of like Raid 2. And mm-hmm. so maybe it'd be too on the nose to have, you know, Eco Ues play that or, or somebody else. I don't know, but I, you know, they're, they're keeping it true to the character from, from the comics and so, I, I can't really say it's a whitewashing when you're doing that. Now, Ghost in the Shell is a completely different story, you know? Yes. So, yes. Yeah. You can definitely argue it there. But, yeah with, yeah, with this, I mean, especially if you take the other Netflix series as examples, they've they've all pretty much kept to the comics code for the most part. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I will tell people to look forward to, in episode four, there's a really cool elevator fight scene, which which they it, it could have gone terribly wrong. And it didn't. It, it went. It went in all the right places. It. it it's so good. Um, yeah, I feel bad for Finn Jones for all the bad press because because I think he does a fine job here. Yeah, but I, I think the people that handle him, they should tell him not to respond. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, agree. He, he left. He, he left he Twitter. Sh- he left Twitter for a while, dude. Yeah, he he needs to shut up and just really shine in defenders because i think he can do that because he's good here too yes see and oh man i cannot wait for defenders i was uh thinking about this today like there's so many things in defenders dude that they're gonna that that we're gonna get to see like once it all culminates because night nurse has been a constant in all of these series and what we're gonna see in like the defenders is not only just them going against the hand but there's also going to be like this crazy weird dynamic among the group i think like Hopefully, I agree. I agree. Hopefully, like Danny and Luke get along from the get. I want that. I want them two to get along with each other from the get go. You know, I'd like to see a scene of like them fucking around. I'd like to see Danny punch Luke in the chest. I think if you know <laughs> what I mean, I think it'd be funny. You know, just to see something like that and see how Luke reacts to that. Um, I don't. I also want to see how Matt Murdock is going to react to the fact that Night Nurse is now kind of dating Luke Cage. You know, that happens towards the end of the Luke Cage series. Like those two are kind of like an item right now. And she used to have feelings for Matt and Matt's had feelings for her. He kind of pushed her away. But like, how is Matt going to react now that he sees Night Nurse with another man? So it's well, I'll bet I'll bet twenty dollars that Matt and Jessica get it on. Oh, you think so? <laughs> yeah, you know they're going to be playing up all those kinds of <laughs> angles and stuff. Yeah. Oh, and how is Jessica going to act with him and Night Nurse yeah. together? Oh my gosh, this is going to get insane. Yeah. So, it's going to be awesome. I'm super excited. Oh, me too. And Sigourney Weaver, man. Come on. Oh, I love Sigourney Weaver. I really want Jessica Jones season 2. Yeah. Yeah. Is that something that's going to happen? It's no, it's definitely going to happen. It's just like, I mean, where do you go after you get rid of uh David Tennant as the Purple Man? They they've really got to step that up. Yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. So, I loved him in that first season. He was so good. Yeah, he was great. He was great. Yeah, so I, I, I know everybody's not going to agree with us on our thoughts on Iron Fist. I'm sure that it, it has its detractors, but man, I'm having I'm having a good time with the series. And I think I think a lot of it actually. <laughs> yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with with the low expectations that we were given. I was going into this just thinking this is going to be complete garbage, and it's really not. It's it's actually a fun story. So. Yeah, I agree. And I, you know what? I thought the, um, I haven't seen 
too many fight scenes, but what I've seen, I thought were kind of neat. Like I thought the fighting style was, was pretty neat and unique. Like I hadn't really seen anything quite like it. I want to talk about, let's talk about the first fight scene in the first episode where he takes on the guards at the building. Yes. Steve kind of had a problem with it and said that it, it just looked like he was dancing and he wasn't really fighting and it looked kind of like, um, like he was counting out the moves in his head. And I, I, I told him that what I got from that was the fact that, you know, he's got all this power and he's not really going in there to like murder these guys. He's just, he, and he has to take precaution when he fights them because he's the iron fist. If he wanted to, he could punch them and knock their heads off. See, yeah. I, I took it as like, like, I kind of think Steve's right. But I feel like Steve, like he isn't right about like the way he feels about it. Like I feel like, yes, that is the case. But it's because the people that he's fighting are guards that have little to no experience fighting the way he's going to fight. And he's literally so many classes above them in fighting style that the whole thing just like looks like easy, like doing like tactical drills that's that's kind of like what i'm saying here Jam. yeah he's got to hold back a little bit and think about each move because he doesn't want to seriously injure these guys yeah exactly so hey, you're basically saying the same thing too like yeah yes yeah, steve you're right he's like ticking away when he should be doing what when where but that that's exactly what he's doing because why wouldn't he do that right right you know is what i'm saying right. I, I thought it was neat it's kind of like like like, like spider-man when spider-man takes on like regular everyday thugs like you know, he tries to subdue them and just get the gun out of their hands and web them up. He's not punching them in the face because if he does, he'll snap their necks or knock their heads off, right, clear off, you know? Yeah, exactly. But I think with this, it's like the reflexes too. I guess, I guess it's that way with Spider-Man too. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like the reflexes are so much faster that it seems like they're doing, like anticipating the move when it's just they're that much quicker than their opponents. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So yeah, I, I assume it wouldn't look that way if um, Danny Rand was fighting a more formidable opponent. Yeah. Oh yeah. If he got met in the building by the hand, I mean, yeah. it, it's on. You know. I yeah. Mean, exactly. That's exactly. his sworn enemy. So we're gonna get to see like shit really hit the fan when when those two come you know head to head. So absolutely. So yeah, I'm I'm super excited. I, I can't wait to watch more of this. In fact, I will. Uh, I'll tell you right now, I'll probably, I'll be done with this by next episode. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm going to be done absolutely by next episode. I, I, I can't stop watching. Uh, I mean, it really has to take a huge dive, I'd say, between episode eight through 13 for me to kind of like slow down on this. But yeah, exactly. If I'm yeah. not done by next episode, then I'll have a tale to tell about why. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, definitely check out Iron Fist on Netflix, man. It's, it's been surprisingly fun. Yeah, if you've heard, if you've heard bad stuff, um, and maybe if you uh, checked out during the last couple Netflix series, if you've checked out because of uh, Daredevil season two and Luke Cage, and you're kind of on the old Netflix same old same old like you know worn out, then check out check this out. It might bring you back into it. Yeah. All right, guys. Yeah, if I sound a little down this week, I apologize, everybody. I'm still, like I said, my cat. I'm nursing my cat back, so I'm just not in the same spirits that I'm usually in every week. So yeah. you are fine. You are fine. Yeah. How's how's Mrs. Mac doing? She's uh, she's she's getting along. I mean, she's a lot better than she was. Man, she was kind of like walking around and found out she was she was dehydrated. She's got kidney problems. Well, she had thyroid problems, and uh, and then you know, then she's 
stopped drinking water and got dehydrated and I, I didn't realize it until she was, you know, kind of like wobbling around. So I've been having to give her uh, fluid injections uh, in the morning and then in the evening. So that's, yeah, I feel like I've got, I feel like my own night nurse here at the house, man. Cause like, <laughs> it's weird, dude. I've got like this whole like, you know, setup where I actually have to poke her with a needle and inject her with water. It's, 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 it's bizarre, but you get all your pets together and have a pet defenders. <laughs> yeah, exactly. all right guys uh let's move on into uh good pop bad pop this week it's time for more leftover reviews with good pop bad pop good pop bad pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week and or weeks that we either watched or read sometimes we rate these things and uh rating system toss it taste it tupperware so uh i'm gonna start off here real quick i uh i binged watched Sneaky Pete on Amazon Prime. Okay. I don't even know what that is. It's the uh, Brian Cranston, Giovanni Rabisi series. Okay. You you haven't heard of this at all? Uh-uh. Okay. Yeah. It's a, it, it, I think it came out maybe like a month ago, maybe maybe more than that. But it's a, it's a con man on the run from a vicious gangster who uh, takes cover by assuming – he takes cover by assuming the identity of his prison cellmate, Pete – reuniting with his estranged family that threatens to drag him into a world just as dangerous as the one he's escaping. Um, basically, this this show is like if you mix the movies Ocean's Eleven, Ocean's Eleven, uh, Rounders, and uh, Confidence, if you've ever seen that movie. Um, it's uh, Confidence with Edward Burns, Dustin Hoffman, Rachel Weisz. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. No, I have not. <laughs> really good movie, actually. I uh, saw the other movies you named there. Yeah, I say Ocean's Eleven because, like, there are. I mean, there's. The, he's a con man. It, it's a really good. It, this this show is actually created by Brian Cranston. It it stars uh, Giovanni Ribisi as Pete, uh, Marin Ireland, Shane McRae, uh, Lee Bearer, Michael Dreyer, Peter Gretti. Uh, beloved character actress Margot Martindale. If you watch Bojack Horseman, you'll understand why I call her beloved character actress Margot Martindale. Anyway, it's uh, it's really good. I'm gonna give this a Tupperware. This series was fantastic. It was so good. Giovanni Ribisi, like you know, we've seen him do some shit. I mean, we saw him in Avatar, and he was just a horrible villain in that. And um, oh yeah, he's great. Oh, he's so good in this though, man. He he plays the con man so well, and he's so good with facial expressions, dude. He mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's so fantastic in this. They use Brian Cranston sparingly, but when he is in the show, he is uh, he, he. It's a commanding performance, man. I I absolutely love this show. He it, basically you've got um, Giovanni Ribisi. The show starts out he's in prison. His prison cellmate is this guy named Pete. This guy Pete every day is retelling him stories of his childhood and spending time with his grandparents and giving him all these stories about his family. Now, is that the Brian Cranston character? Uh, who? Pete. No, 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 no. That's Giovanni Ribisi. Okay. Giovanni Ribisi is actually a guy named Marius, but. He takes on the uh, the alias of Pete. He pretends to be this guy Pete once he gets out of prison. Ah, gotcha. The, the family has not seen Pete in twenty years. Basically, Pete's mother just up and one up one day took him and 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 they they left. Now he's been in prison for the past like twenty years. They haven't seen him in twenty years, and so <laughs> how it 
how it, I don't know if he's been in prison 20 years. He's, he's been in prison for a while, but the, the family hasn't seen him in 20 years. So when Giovanni Ribisi shows back up and says that he's Pete, they believe him, you know? He, he's a con man and he's listened to all these stories that Pete told him in the cell and he starts to talk about like the old times that they had together. So they have every reason to uh, believe that he yeah. is. So he knows all these things that only Pete should know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so, and he finds out more about Pete as he, you know, as the series progresses. Like he'll actually go back to the prison and talk to Pete about old stories and stuff like that and try to get more out of him. It's it's just a really awesome story. But on the flip side, like before Giovanni Ribisi was sent to prison, he owed a hundred thousand dollars to Brian Cranston's character. So he's got that going on in the background. And the family's got their own issues going on right now with their bail bonds business and they they've come into some criminal activity. And so both of these stories kind of collide and it's, it's so well written. It's easily bingeable and it's a Tupperware and the performances are fantastic and there should be a season two. They, they left it on a cliffhanger. I don't know if it's been announced, but man, this season is definitely, um, it's definitely, you said this was on prime. It's Amazon prime. It is so good. Like this is another series that Amazon prime is just knocked out of the park. Like Goliath was great. And this is just, this is just equally as good. So I highly recommend that you watch this. It's got some great cons in it. Um, it's got uh, performances with, uh, like I said, Margot Martindale. Uh, ben Vereen shows up in the show <laughs> for three episodes, and Ben Vereen is fantastic. I mean, you know, remember him from Zubilee <laughs> Zoo? Yes. Yeah. Do. Man, he's so good in this. And the cons in this show are just so, so well done. I mean, it, like I said, it's reminiscent of – of Ocean's Eleven, uh, Confidence. Um, it's got yeah, elements. I'm a of, big fan of like Matchstick Men from Ridley yeah, Scott. Yeah, and, Like Paper Moon. Yeah, yeah. You'll you'll love this series if you give it a chance, man. I was, I think I was like, uh, I think I started watching it, and the next thing you know, I'm like five episodes in. I'm like, oh my god, it's it's ten episodes. I highly recommend it. So Tupperware the fuck out of Sneaky Pete. Uh, what do you Sneaky Pete? Sneaky nice. fucking Pete. Hey, what do you got this week, man? Oh, I went and saw the uh, Beauty and the Beast live action remake nice yeah what'd you think it was a uh, i was kind of let down by it a little bit really no yeah yeah it was uh it was definitely it was a taste it for me the stuff i liked i really 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 liked but i think overall it was like about 30 minutes too long for me and the stuff i didn't like was kind of eh. like i there was a lot of new songs, and I didn't think any of those really hit for me at all. Hmm. And I thought they kind of slogged the movie down. Um, if our listeners don't know, which I'm sure they do, this is Beauty and the Beast. It's a uh, live-action retelling of the uh, 1991 Disney animated classic. I believe it was the first animated feature to be nominated for Best Picture. Oh, it was. It was. I remember because didn't they have like the uh, the actual cartoon characters, Bella and the Beast? Is it Bell? Yeah, Bell. Bell, and they had the Beast come out there to like uh, read off. They they had the they they did something where they had the animated ca- characters come out there and like read the cards or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do remember. Yeah, I do remember that. But yeah, you know, animated movies don't get nominated for Best Picture too often. I think the only other two were uh, Toy Story three and Up. Right. So, but yeah, I. It, the stuff I liked, I really, really liked. Like when they were doing the classic songs, like the uh, the whole Gaston number and the Be Our Guest number were 
both fantastic. And like, if I could have watched those two bits for 90 minutes instead of this for 90 minutes, I, I would have been happy the whole time in Tupperware this. How was uh, Hermione in this thing? I, I thought she was fine. Like I, you know, she, I thought she was good at singing the songs, like the classic songs from the old cartoon. Like I, I enjoyed her just okay. Is this better like, than the Linda Hamilton TV series? Um, yes, this is way better than the Linda Hamilton TV series. Okay. Like, I don't know. I don't know what went wrong here. I really need to see this movie again. Like I said, it's, it's a taste it for me. Yeah. And like, I want to love it. Like I went in wanting to Tupperware, sure. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it was just like something about it. Just like, I don't know. What, it just was how is, a little uh, stale for me. How is, uh, Dan Stevens, our, uh, Legion actor, uh, as uh, the beast? I thought Dan Stevens was really good. And I, he, surprisingly, one of the better singers out of everybody. Hmm. And, um, but it was really weird. Like, I think it, it was, um, it didn't do him any service that I was like watching Legion week after week at the same time this movie was coming out. Right. Like, it was hard not to think about weird Legion stuff. <laughs> While watching Beauty and the Beast, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah. maybe this ties in. <laughs> yeah. I thought um I thought Luke Evans and Josh Gad, both separate and together, were two of the best actors in the movie. Um, they both played uh, Gaston and his sidekick uh, Lafeu. Yeah. If yeah. you know if you know those characters. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So is this the first thing you've ever enjoyed Luke Evans in? Uh, yes, I think so. Yeah, I think it is. I'm, I'm surprised. I was surprised for you to give Luke Evans any praise because, like, you know, he was, I don't know, he was, I guess he was okay in, like, the Hobbit movies and, you know, Dracula Untold. I mean, I don't know. So I don't yeah. even know if I've seen a Luke Evans movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I thought, um, Ewan McGregor was really great as uh, Luminaire, who's the uh, animi- or animated candlestick, you know, yeah. if you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. and he was fantastic. Like, him singing the Be Our Guest song was yeah. definitely one of the highlights of the movie. I have no interest in seeing this now. Like, zero. You you would hate this. <laughs> like, I, I, I hate this for you because sometimes, like, you really surprise me and I think you'll like something, but you hate it and vice versa. Right. But I am, like... I don't think I've ever been more certain about something. <laughs> That's funny to me because it's like, I, it's funny to me because like, I, I like you, of course, like I know, like if you love this, like, you know, cause like you're going in as a fan already. Like I didn't care for the cartoon. I saw it once. I never will watch it again. Probably. Yeah. If you don't like that, you're not going to like it. <laughs> uh-huh. Cause it's, it's, it's that with more Patty. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. Dev- I'm not. I don't think I'll ever watch this, dude. I don't think I could sit through it. I yeah, you think. should. You should watch the BR guest like on YouTube once. Once that becomes available in like yeah. six months. Okay. Like I, that part's fantastic. Yeah. You want to see Obi Wan sing a classic Disney song? Do I? I don't know. I mean, it's it's pretty great. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I don't know. <laughs> what movie was it that I watched with? Um, oh man, I. I was gonna go see a movie, and uh, was it the like? Was it like the not the Snow White? It was. Movie. It was Into the Woods. Into the Woods. I I literally I went to that I went to that movie. I sat down, and I think about ten minutes in, they started singing and stuff, mm-hmm. and I I got up and I walked out, and I walked into a different movie. <laughs> that's that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so I don't know. I want to see this again. I was. 
I was kind of disappointed. Um, Michelle saw it. Michelle loved it. Michelle said she liked it more than uh, Jungle Book. Hmm. And I, I just, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think I could ever like this more than Jungle Book. Having, yeah, I'm not even. Seeing, I just think Jungle Book was so good. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just didn't see. This just didn't. There was nothing more to the table. Like the, what they added to it wasn't that exciting. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit of backstory with the beast that you never got before. Yeah, and and like a bunch of new songs that were kind of not up to snuff. Huh. Is that is that all you got this week? You got anything else? Uh, I think that's all I got. Okay. I'm going to, let me get, I got three, three quick reviews, real quick reviews that I'm going to go through. And then I'm going to talk about the Belko experiment, but uh, three quick reviews. You know, we did our our Logan podcast and a movie that I saw like maybe three weeks ago kind of got lost in the mix, but I want to talk about it real quick. I saw the, uh, hidden figures movie about the African-American women that work for NASA, the Kevin Costner. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fantastic. I give it a Tupperware. Like when this one comes out, you got to watch it. It's it's so good. I loved it. I, I thought it was a great movie. There's very emotional scenes where you'll tear up. It's it's great. I loved it. I thought it was so good. Um, the next one I saw it's a uh, it's on Netflix now. It came out in theaters last year. It's called Hands of Stone. It's a boxing movie. It's based on a true story. Um, and uh, I saw it on Netflix, and it follows the life of Roberto Duran, who made his professional debut in 1968 oh, yeah. as a 16-year-old and retired in 2002 at age 50. In June 1980, he defeated Sugar Ray Leonard to capture the WBC welterweight title that shocked the boxing world by returning to his uh, corner in the November rematch, saying no mas, meaning no more. He basically tapped out of that fight. This is – it's a taste it, man. It, it's um, – there's a there's a great story in here. There's a great story in this movie. I just don't like. I don't think that the the director also wrote it, and I just don't think that. Uh, so it's it's acted out. It's not like a documentary. It's not a documentary. It's acted out. It stars Edgar Ramirez as Roberto uh, Duran and Robert De Niro as uh, his trainer Ray Arcel. Oh, and, I remember the trailer for this. Yeah. Now. And it's good. I, I recommend that everybody watch it. Like it's on Netflix right now. It, if you like boxing, if you like boxing movies, it, it's it's good. It's a taste. It it's still worth watching because I think it's interesting to learn about this guy's life. They talk about his time growing up in Panama and how he has animosity for Americans because of the treatment that the you know the the native people of Panama were receiving from the Americans. And it's it's really interesting to see like you know his heritage and things like that. But there's just some things about the story I just I didn't care for. It's you know some of the pacing and and uh, the acting is it's decent, but it's just I don't know. I, I think it's a good story that that needed to be told. I just think a different director and a different writer could do it better. Um, How'd the boxing look? Boxing look cool. It's 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 fine. It, it's nothing. It, you're not you're not getting a Rocky movie here at all. It, this okay. this movie did inspire me to kind of like look up those fights, and I did watch those fights, like the first fights and things like that. Uh, yeah. He, I also found out like, um, you know, some of the things that he did in in his life. It, it inspired the Rocky films, like in particular Rocky Three. He there's a scene where he meets Sugar Ray Leonard, you know, in the lobby of a hotel and starts yelling at Sugar Ray's wife about how he's a real man and how he's going to. And that's like directly pulled from Rocky three where, you know, B.A. Brackus is like, you know, B.A. Brackus, Mr. T. I can't remember. Uh, what do they call him? Um, uh, 
Is it, I, 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 I which one are you talking about? Face? Rocky Three with Mr. T. Oh, what's his what's his name in, in Rocky Three? Clubber Lang. There, there we go. you go. There uh, you go. It's when Clubber Lang is yelling at uh, you know Rocky and t- telling Adrian, "Why don't you be with a real man tonight?" and all that stuff. And it's kind of like it's kind of like pulled directly from that almost in a way. And I also found out he met Stallone. He actually uh, he sparred with Sylvester Stallone during Rocky Two. And, uh, he said that Stallone, uh, Stallone actually said that, uh, Roberto Duran kicked his ass. And, um, he was a sparring partner in the film. If you go back and watch, um, Rocky II. Oh, in the movie? In wow. the movie, yes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. You can, you can watch him in the film. He, it's his sparring pot partner when, uh, Rocky's kind of like losing his confidence and kind of like getting his, ass kicked by his sparring partner he i think he's wearing like the like orange trunks and a black top so yeah it's it's kind of cool um but i give it a taste it overall i just i don't know i think it's definitely worth watching i love boxing movies anyway so it's 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 all right uh cool i want to talk about the belko experiment i went and saw that it's uh it's a, a twisted social experiment 80 americans are locked in their high-rise corporate office in bogota colombia and ordered by an unknown voice coming from the company's intercom system to participate in a deadly game of kill or be killed. It's directed by... <sighs> Mark Burnett's gone crazy again. Yeah, yeah reality show. Um, it's directed by Greg McLean. It's written by Guardians of the... Got some asshole out there with this fucking dirt bike. Oh, I didn't know that. I was hoping that wasn't something I was doing making that noise. No, it's... <laughs> This kid's been going up and down the street all fucking day. Uh, it's written by Guardians of the Galaxy director James Gunn. Uh, this movie, it, it's, it's, I'm gonna give it a high taste. It, it it's, it's not doing anything new. It, it's kind of like mm-hmm. mixing different elements of different movies. It's, 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 it's a pinch of Battle Royale. It's a pinch of Die Hard. Um, you know, it's, it's a little bit of Suicide Squad with the, with the, the bombs in the back of their head and shit. Um, okay. It's, yeah. And even a little bit of dread because they get locked in the building, just like he gets locked in the building in the first film. So it's a, it's a, it's a kind of like a mix of all those different things. You ever um, see an old Rudger Hauer movie called uh, Deadlock? No, I've never seen Deadlock. Uh, it's, they had these like things around their necks. It's basically the same as Suicide Squad, except yeah. it came out in like '88. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> I enjoyed this movie. I had a lot of fun with it. You know, um, they 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 they've set it up for a sequel too, if they want to go that route and. Um, I, it looked like that kind of movie. It looked yeah. like a fun movie, you know, just one of those movies where it's like, here's this situation. Mm-hmm. Let's see how it plays out with this big group of people. Yeah. Sean Gunn's funny in the film. He's going to take some people out of the film, but if you, if you're familiar with Sean Gunn and like his performances and like movies, like especially like Guardians of the Galaxy, God damn it, you son of a bitch. I hope you wreck. Um, that's horrible. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Uh, but Sean Gunn's kind of funny in it, and uh, yeah, he's a funny guy. And uh, Michael Rooker's in this film. Um, yeah, I saw he's really been hyping it on his social media. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, definitely, definitely check it out, man. It's it's fun, dude. It, it, you get to see people kind of just like how they react in this situation, like like who's going to align with who. I, I know you're going to love it, Jake, because it, it's it's almost like Survivor. You know? Yeah, it's, I, it sounds really good. Yeah, it's like the the premise sounds really good. You see different so. alliances, and you see like how you know how how different people like in this situation, how it's like kill or be killed, you know. And um, and uh, yeah, I had to see Beauty and the Beast. I was super pumped. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm glad I went to see the Belko experiment. I know it's got like a 47% on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's, it definitely deserves higher. Um, this is another blue- Really? It's that low? Yeah. 47%. It's not doing well. The critics don't really care for it. Um, mm. Oh yeah, they don't like Iron Fist either. I thought it was fun. Well, they thought it was just gory to be gory. Like it was just, you know what I mean? I I don't think so. I I'm not going to put the, I I'm not going to put this up there with like fucking Saw and like Hostel. I don't think that that's what they were going for. I think the yeah. the interesting thing that's going on in this movie is like the whole social experiment and to see how like these people react and and um I don't know. I I had a lot, I had a lot of fun with it. This episode's all about disagreeing with the critics on everything. Yeah. So we can agree with them when we're all shitting on wonder woman together yeah <laughs> oh man <laughs> and have, have accountability be like no look back to this episode oh, yeah. we disagree with everything the critics said i recommend the belko, belko experiment i don't say like i don't i'm not saying like you have to go see it in theaters but like if you want to i mean if you want to see kind of like a, a gory fun movie um was it ever disturbing hmm trying to think if it was ever, ever if i ever had a moment where i had to kind of like look away or just like uh not really not for me it's not it's not over the top no i mean violence, you, is it no i mean i i think you know there's some there's some gory gory shit but i you know i know you know james gunn comes from that trauma background yeah yeah so you know i know he didn't direct this he wrote the story but he comes from that trauma background and like you see some gory shit happen in those trauma movies like you know toxic avenger and stuff like that oh and, yeah yeah so it i don't know I, I enjoyed it man i thought it was i thought it was a fun ride i thought it was a fun ride all the way through so yeah i'll watch this for sure when it when it's on netflix or whatever oh the last thing i forgot the one of my quick reviews i watched have you been watching the high court with doug benson no, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> it's on Comedy Central, and it's basically – it's kind of like the people's court, but the judge – and I think these are supposed to be real cases. Yeah. Um, and it's – but Doug Benson is the judge, the comedian. And, yeah, and Andy's high? Andy's high. So like him and uh, his bailiff, who's Michael Ian Black, they actually go oh, back into yeah. his chamber and Doug Benson gets high and they kind of talk about the case. And I actually – it's only like a 15-minute show and it's on Comedy Central like late at night. And <laughs> I actually enjoyed this show quite a bit. I had a lot of fun with this. I'm going to continue watching it. I thought it was – I thought it was a lot of fun, man. Because that's a great premise. Yes, it, it's 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 it was so much fun, dude. I don't know if like all the other cases are going to be as like interesting as the one that I watched. The one that I watched. So do they get to do they get to legally decide what happens to these? people? Well, you know, like with the people's court, like how they did it was like it was all filmed on a set. It was not like in a real fucking like courthouse. Oh yeah, it was like a private court. But what, how they did it is like you know they went in there and they pleaded their case and like the actual people's court, like even if the plaintiff won. Um, the money didn't come from the defendant. It came from the show. The show paid it off. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, that's I how knew that. They, they couldn't go in there and just be like, well, you guys are fucking paying for it anyway. No, they went in there trying to win their case. <laughs> but yeah, if you do enough research into it, the show actually pays the damages. That's why these people went on the show to do these cases because oh, yeah. they I believe it now they, I believe it yeah they didn't want to pay out the damages so like if their story was like interesting enough to get on the people's court the people's court would pay for it and I think like maybe that's what they're doing here but they're just putting like a a twist on it like a fun comical twist on it and I, I think it works really well and it's not a half hour show it's only 15 minutes and it's only one case and it's just really easily digestible comedy I thought it was a lot of fun 
what's it what's it called again? It's called I'm like the, that one listener. It, it's called the High Court um, okay, with you. Doug Benson, and I'm actually going to give the episode I watched the Tupperware. I don't know if the rest of them are that good, but I really enjoyed this show. So nice, nice. Was it just one case in that 15 minutes? Yeah, it was one case, and it was like a dispute between two magicians. Like one magician claimed that the other magician stole his act that they worked on together. Oh, nice. And it That's was an interesting case. Yeah, and you got to see like the guy come out there and do the act and it was mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun, man. And Michael Ian <laughs> Michael Ian Black, I love him, you know. Yeah, from, Michael Ian Black's great. From the state and from uh, Wet Hot American Summer and like he comes in here, he does his fucking thing. He's on every one of those VH1 specials too. Oh, yeah, I love the 80s, the 90s. Yeah. The, yeah. So, yeah, dude, check it out, man. Uh, check it out. The High Court. I really enjoyed it. So. All right, yeah. I'm in on that. Cool, we're going to take a break and come back with news. Break. Jake. Yeah, we're back. We're back. Man, this episode sucks. Yeah. Man, I blame that lackluster Beauty and the Beast movie. <laughs> <laughs> really? I hate that when I get uh, super hyped up for something and it's not not as good as I would want it to be. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just not feeling it this episode. You know, sick pet at home and it's just been a rough week. So you just deal with it, people. They can't always be good, you know? <laughs> Maybe there'll be some good news that'll that'll bring out the best of us. <laughs> uh oh. That's a reach. Uh yeah. let's jump into uh the pop culture leftovers news. Yeah, 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 read all about it. It's a leftover news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. All right, guys, this week in Gangster's Fuck News, Ridley Scott, he was at uh, South by Southwest this past week. He uh, denied a rumor about Alien Covenant that surfaced online nine months ago. So possible spoilers ahead if you don't want to hear this uh, possible spoiler. He denied it, so if you want to listen, you can. But the rumors were that uh, Catherine Watterson's character of Daniels was, and here's the spoiler, Ripley's mother. So the playlist, they first published the article, and within hours, the article was taken down, and the page read, spoiler removed at the request of the studio. So, Jake, when I saw that, dude, nine months ago, I was thinking that – and we reported it on this show. Dude, I thought that this was like a legit rumor, like the studio got involved and had them pull that down. So Mm -hmm. now Ridley Scott said that this is not the case. Here's his quote. No – that was probably way back when. Should she be the daughter of Ripley? I said no. She's herself. First off, he's saying should she be the daughter of Ripley? The the rumor like was flipping the time around. Exactly. So he says no. She's herself. So Jake, my question to you before I jump into this anymore, like, okay, number one, are you looking forward to Alien Covenant? Yeah, I'm excited. Okay. Yeah, me too. Like, I know, fucking. Uh, 
Prometheus has its detractors or people that did not like it. I really enjoyed the film for the most yeah, part, yeah. you know. It's become almost like a comedy punchline of of how bad people think it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I enjoyed it when it first came out and I, I still I still like the movie. I thought Idris Elba was great and Charlize Theron was great. And I, yeah, the know. stuff people didn't like, I thought yeah. was stupid too. Like the whole Wiley e. Coyote of it all. Yes, yeah, that whole thing. Yeah, and there's some, you know, some character flaws. Just dumb, dumb yeah. scientists. It, We're dumb scientists. Well, and I don't, I don't blame. Um, who's the writer for Lost? I can't think of his name right now. Uh, Damien Lindelof. I don't blame Damien Lindelof. It, he he wrote a really great script. These decisions that were added to the characters and that whole Wiley. Oh, it's, it's Damon, my apologies. Uh, Damon Lindelof, yeah. Like the, those decisions to make those changes were not his. They, those were, Ridley Scott came in and he rewrote a lot of things. So I, yeah, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. So like that's not an easy job for Lindelof when you're working on a Ridley Scott movie. Yeah, absolutely. So it's like, yeah, Scott's got the power to do those, make those changes. And unfortunately they were some bad changes. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. But Watterson who plays Daniels even mentioned similarities in an interview with empire, even though her and Scott are claiming that they aren't related. She says, unlike Sigourney and alien, Daniels is in a survival mode of sorts from the beginning. She's not the captain, but she's a natural leader. So in times of crisis, she fails into that. She falls into that position quite easily. Um, so basically, you know, there's a lot of similar, like similar traits that the characters have too. Yeah. You know? Are we, are we being spoiled that this will be the only character that lives by the end of this movie? I don't know. Yeah. That's a good question. I'm, I, well, I mean, they still haven't wrapped up the character of Numi Rapace, what she played in the in Prometheus. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. And if you look, have you seen what Daniels looks like? She even looks like Ripley, man. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I need to watch Prometheus again. Yeah, I do too. I own it on Blu-ray. I need to check it out again. Yeah, um, I do too. What's interesting is that, and this is where it gets confusing, dude. Okay, it's they're saying it's both a prequel and a sequel. To Prometheus. And I'm confused by the prequel sequel stuff for this film because now I'm hearing that the next film coming out after Alien Covenant is going to be a prequel titled Alien Awakening. At least that's the placeholder name. It, it might not stick, but it could stick. Yeah, I heard about the uh, third movie being some kind of weird prequel too and I'm pretty confused about what's going on here. Yeah, I'm going to try to break it down. Maybe we can kind of like make some sense out of it because uh, here's a quote from Ridley Scott before he gets cut off by Watterson. This is like in their interviews at South by Southwest. They had a panel and he goes on to say he gets cut off by her because I think she realizes that maybe he's saying too much. He says it will go Prometheus, Awakening, Covenant, fairly integral where this colonization ship is on the way. And he's definitely thinking about more movies. So, and he gets cut off by her. So he's kind of like giving away a lot by, by that quote. And so he's definitely thinking about more movies. And here's another quote from him. He says, there will be another one before we kind of literally and logically clockwise back into the rear back head of the original alien. If this is successful and then the next one, and then there will definitely be three more. So, yeah, he's basically saying, okay, you know, you're, you're going to get all these movies. They're going to be out of order, but we're definitely going to rear back, rear back 
to the original Alien movie. So it all will tie in together. Like, this is what I've kind of wanted from the start was for it to kind of, like, meet up with the original Alien movie. So, because we saw, like, the engineer in the Alien movie, and we always wondered, like, how it got there. So it seems like he's going to tie up that story if he's able to make more movies. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. I'm The whole tying all the Alien stuff together, though, thing, like, it, I... It doesn't need to happen for me. I just, I just want some good movies. It, it needs to happen for me. For it's, it, I, I, they gotta scratch that itch for me. I mean, I've grown up with that movie. That movie came out before I was born. No, a year after I was born. I mean, it's, it's been around my entire life, and I. Part of me just wants to see like that whole story <laughs> and to see them. You know, I, I've seen Jake. I get it, man. We've seen so many prequels fuck up, right? Yeah. I, I get it. I, mean, I get who, it. But I mean, who cares about that engineer, right? Like, I do. I, I always <laughs> have. I have for fucking thirty fucking nine years, Jake. I have. It's one of my favorite movies of all time, man. I, I get it. I get it. But it's like, it's no big deal. Just make cool alien movies. Yeah, but I think if they can tie that up for me in a nice <laughs> little in a nice little bow, I'm going to be satisfied. I mean. That's what I want. I, I'm sorry. I want that. And I know prequels, they screw the pooch all the time. We've seen Lord of the Rings suck it up. We saw Star Wars suck it up. But, you know, I, I've also seen some great storytelling. Like I said, Fargo Season 2 was my was better than Fargo Season 1, and it was a prequel. Noah Hawley did it wonderfully. He tied in a lot of elements from the first season into the second season. And I, I want Ridley Scott to be able to do that for us in the Alien, uh, in this new Alien yeah. The whole thing is just so crazy. The 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 Ridley Scott like Alien prequel stuff. Like it's gonna. That's so much ambition. What he's talking three more movies and then one to tie it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let let me get back to this uh, this Covenant being both a sequel and a prequel. So parts of it are going to be set before Prometheus, which took place in. 2093, which is 28 years before the events of Alien, if you guys were curious. So Alien Covenant is also going to take place, though, a couple decades before the time of Alien was set, in which would be 2021. So the best I can come up with is that it will be set in mid-2040, between 2040 and 2050, something, where we see the creation of David, the android, which they've confirmed. And then almost 10 years after Prometheus. So the rumors are that they are going to tie up what happened with Numi Rapace's character, and she should also cameo in this in this film as well. Um, we're also getting a new android, Walter, who's also going to be played by Fassbender. Have you heard about that? No, I have not. So, I'm sure that those will be some of the best parts of the movie, though. Yeah. So, like, from what I'm hearing, like, the comments from Watterson is that Fastbender is the lead of this film, and she's not, like, the Ripley of the film. The threat is the androids, Walter, and David. So, <sighs> wow. Yeah, yeah. So one of the uh, Fastbender robots is one of the uh, antagonists, huh? Yeah. It's, it's, it's really interesting, <laughs> man. Yeah, I'm excited to see that movie. It looks like a, it looks like a lot of fun. It looks like a real throwback to kind of what makes the alien movies work, where it's just uh -huh. like a group of unexpecting people being thrown into a bad situation. Yeah. And they say, they go on to, they give a lot of praise to Danny McBride's character in this, saying that he's kind of like, uh, he is comic relief, but. Like the Bill Paxton? Yeah. Um, yeah, they say, uh, what, what is it here? They, um, 
they were given uh they were given 15 minutes of footage from the film mm-hmm. and um they said McBride uh in this is an adamant care McBride is adamant that his character Tennessee isn't mere comic relief but acknowledges he's the likeliest to make light of the horrible situation they find themselves in Scott who blended humor and space terror so well in 2015's The Martian says that Tennessee's demeanor has its roots in Harry Dean Stanton's wisecracking space trucker from the original Alien. So basically, like, it's kind of funny. Like, McBride was talking about how he got the role. Like, he Ridley Scott was getting a hold of him, and he was, like, talking about doing this Alien film. And McBride, like, thought, like, he confused him with another actor, and he didn't want to... He didn't want to tell Ridley Scott, like, hey, are you sure you got the right guy? He was just kind of, like, going to roll with it. Because, like, this is, like, his first real role in a serious movie. He's never done anything like this. It's always been, like, eastbound and down. and, and Oh, uh, yeah. It's something him or his buddies are doing. Yeah. So they, they, they screened, like, 15 minutes of footage at South by Southwest. And um, it got good reception for it, I heard. It got really good reception. Everybody seemed to enjoy Danny McBride in it. And, um, you know, they're, they, they, uh, I'm not going to, I got a lot that I could read here. I'm not going to get into all of it, but it's, it's, I think it's going to, I think it's going to be good. I think it's really going to be good. I, I I think that, um, I'm super excited for it. I think it has a, that, that newest trailer is a really good trailer. Yeah. They're going to, they're going to, they're, they're going to show us the birth of David. And we know that we're going to get a young guy Pierce again in this. So they're, they're going back in time a little bit. So, um, the birth of David, it just, it sounded really intriguing to me waking up and calling guy Pierce father. And, uh, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this movie. I'm really looking forward to seeing like the aliens. I hope they terrify. I hope it goes back to like its horror roots. And yeah, I think it looks like it's gonna, did you ever watch the red band trailer? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the Red Band trailer had like additional scenes, like that shower scene, and uh, you know, it's good. It, it looks really good, man. I, I think this is like going to be a return to form. I, I'm hoping it is because I, I want to see a great alien movie. God damn it, you know? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think yeah. it really looks like a return to form too. Yeah. All right, let's move on from the alien news. Uh, rumor has it Warner Brothers wants a new Matrix trilogy. Have you heard about this, Jake? Oh, I've been reading about this this week, yeah. Yeah, it, they they first announced it was going to be like a reboot, but now the writer is saying it's not going to be a reboot, and they're eyeing Michael B. Jordan for a role as the lead. I'm hearing now it's going to be a, uh, a Morpheus prequel. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And- I think... Okay, first off, I don't think we need a Matrix a Matrix reboot, okay? It's not a reboot. The writer has come out and said it's not oh, a reboot. It's not a reboot. It's so not a reboot. It, it originally was being – they were saying it's going to be a Matrix reboot with Michael B. Jordan in the lead. Now, Michael B. Jordan might be still attached to this thing, but it's a prequel. So it's all canon with the original, but it's not the Wachowskis. The Wachowskis, they had been working on early treatments – that they had turned into Warner Brothers three years ago. Nothing had come of that, and they're reportedly not attached to this project at all. And um, so, you know, Keanu recently said, like, you know, I would come back, but, you know, the Wachowskis have to be involved. That's not going to happen. It doesn't look like the Wachowskis are involved in this at all. It's going to be a completely different, you know, it's going to be um, – it's going to be a completely different writer. It's going to be a completely different creative team behind this, and it's going to be Michael B. Jordan. And he could. The rumor is, I forget who it was from. Yeah, the Morpheus, the Morpheus stuff is stupid. 
I, I, I like the idea of uh, Jordan being in it, but I want to see like a prequel where it goes way far back, like where we're seeing the building of the Matrix and, mm-hmm. and like what caused all that in the first place. You know, I don't want to see. I don't want to see it at all. I don't want to see. I don't want to see. I'm pre- saying if we have to. Yeah, if we have to, if we're forced to fucking. Like I, I, I don't want to see anything. Like they already screwed the pooch with the second and the third movie, and I don't think oh, the like wor- they're the worst. Yeah, so I don't want to see. I don't want to see him come back and like. I, I don't. I don't really care to go back into this world, especially like you know figuring out the technology and like people first becoming like these batteries for this fucking tech or whatever the hell. I. I don't care about that. The Matrix world was was interesting enough in the first movie, and I just don't see anything interesting about this at all. Yeah, they've ruined it. Matrix uh, 2 and 3 just completely ruined this universe for me. Yeah, and the worst thing that they could ever do – like I was worried. Like when they first started talking about this being a reboot, I was like, oh my god. Are they going to have – so Michael B. Jordan's going to be Neo, and are they going to cast Keanu Reeves to play Morpheus in this one? I was like, fuck my life. Don't do it. Yeah, that would be dumb. If you were going to do that at that point, you should just not do mm-hmm. a reboot and have it just be a sequel where it's, yeah. he's still Neo. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, boy. More Matrix movies. You're really getting me pumped up now. God. Oh, it's such an awful idea. Like, is there any, is there any way that they could make this good, Jake? Like, is there any way could that we, or are we just, is it just going to be like more Independence Day 2 garbage that they're throwing at us? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's it, it could it could be just as bad as Independence Day too. See, I don't yeah, I don't I, want Michael B. Jordan to fall into this trap. I mean, he already did frickin' uh, Fantastic Four. Like, uh, he he's done such great work. I loved him in Friday Night Lights. Fruitvale Station was fantastic. It's like, don't come on, man. Come do do something good. I I know he's going to be in Black Panther, guys. I get it. He's going to be the villain in Black Panther, and I'm sure he's going to shine in that. But I just don't want to see him like take another step back with fucking Matrix. Yeah, he needs to get a better agent. Yeah, yeah. You never know, though. You never know what's going to hit and strike a chord, or what could be good, or what could be bad. You know. Yeah, I, I, I see. I think this is like another. Okay, I, I think this is going to be another thing where they're going to get this first movie off the ground, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be another Terminator Genesis where they where they where they're thinking about another trilogy, and then the first one comes out and it's so awful like that. I guarantee you, this is what's going to happen. Matrix reboot, the or it's not reboot. This new Matrix prequel comes out, and right before it comes out in theaters, they're saying Matrix Two has already been greenlit for a sequel. The the this you know what I mean? Yeah, that's what made that's what made Matrix One so fucking good. Because it had no awareness of having to set up there being other movies. Right. Yeah. Like, it's just such a beautiful, like, one-and-done movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It doesn't, like, obviously there's more stories to tell if you wanted to, but the movie itself just serves as a perfect chapter into this universe. But weren't people clamoring for a sequel? I mean, it's our fault in a way. I mean, the movie, oh, yeah. the movie oh, yeah. was so great. And, you know, I mean, it's like one of those... Like, you know, Terminator 2 came out and it did, like, the special effects and the practical effects so well. And that was, like, revolutionary. And The Matrix was just as revolutionary. A lot of, like, movies that came out after that were, like, biting off of The Matrix. And yeah. Ma- Matrix kind of falls into that same trap that Back to the Future falls into where yeah. it's just like you're saying. Like, it's – they didn't 
write it for sequels, but it just becomes such a thing where they just have to do it. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I just, yeah, they're, I guess they can't screw up. They, they've already screwed it up. I just, I, I don't have my hopes up for it, and I think it's going to be another like Terminator Genesis where they get that first movie off the ground, it bombs, and then we never see anything else come of it. So, yeah, and the Matrix. I don't, I don't think that's a franchise that you can really blow up ever again, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. We're going to be, let's move on into Marvel news. I, I don't have shit else left there. So Marvel news. Marvel news. Jake, man, what are you taking away from these quotes from James Gunn this week, man? He's talking about Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Uh, he was talking to uh, Complex Magazine. He says, there will be a Guardians 3, that's for sure. We're trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure out what I want to do, really. That's all it is. I, I got to figure out where I want to be, what I want to spend the next three years of my life doing. You know, I'm going to make another big movie is it the Guardians or something else? I'm just trying to figure it out over the next couple of weeks. Is this, is this, is, is this legitimate? Is, is he saying this to get more money out of Marvel because now he's got the power? Because, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 right now in pre-sales is tracking $160 million for the first weekend, Jake. I mean, this mm. is, it's going to be a cash cow, dude. Is yeah, he, for sure, for is, sure, for sure. Is he trying yeah, to say know. that if you're going to get me, like, right now, I want to make maybe my own independent film. I, I, I want to go back to making my own type of movie. But you know it, what? It I could, could be something else, too. It could be that they want him to jumpstart another franchise and another giant cash cow. Hmm. Okay, so you're saying that they're going kind of like the DCEU route where, like, David Ayer did Suicide Squad. Now they're going to get him to do Gotham City Sirens, and now they're trying to tap, like, another director for the uh, Suicide Suicide Squad 2. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying that's a possibility here. Just by those quotes that he said, it made it sound like it was a, a big project that he would do instead of Guardians 3. Hmm. What would that big yeah. project be? What would What would you... Everybody's going to be like, how are the duck movie? No, fuck off everybody. I don't know. It's hard saying. Like, I yeah. don't know. I don't know if it would be another Disney movie. I don't know if maybe he would possibly get tapped to do a, uh, Star Wars story by any means. Mm. Because that would seem like a very natural fit to me. Yeah. 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 We don't know what the next Star Wars films coming out are going to be. Uh, yeah. He sounds like he wants to do something big. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I took this as like, you know, hey, you know, give me – line my pockets with more money, you know. Yeah, I think it's a lock that we're going to see a James Gunn Star Wars movie in the next 10 years or less. Hmm. I mean, he's, he's in so good with – he made Disney so much money. Yeah. With Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. Yeah. And they're totally going to give him a Star Wars story. Where is it going to fit though, you know? What character would you give James Gunn? It's not going to be Obi-Wan. No. Uh-uh. Not Obi-Wan. Like, uh, you want to give him something seedy, you know? Hmm. Hard saying. I, you know, but maybe the Bubba Fett stuff? Yeah, I, I think didn't didn't they say something like didn't Lucasfilm say something about this week? I didn't really get into the story too much that they weren't going to go with like more legacy stories. Mm. 
that, that it seemed like there was an article that I read that they weren't going to go with like more legacy stories. And what I mean by legacy stories are characters from like the first original, you know, uh, Star Wars trilogy, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, they got to break that mold eventually. Mm hmm. I still got to imagine that Boba Fett, they're going to do something with Boba Fett. They, 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 they got to do something with Boba Fett. Yeah. I mean, James Gunn would also be the perfect guy to do that movie where you do a movie of four, five, six new characters. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Give us something new with James Gunn. See what he can do. I mean, like, basically, like, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy were new characters to most audiences. And yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just I know it's off topic, but. Yeah, I, I think you're kind of right. I mean, like with Guardians of the Galaxy, like he set the tone for the first two movies, like another director could jump in there and kind of like take over what he's done. Like we're seeing that with Deadpool, too. Like as long as you keep like the original cast in there. You yeah. know, I think Deadpool 2 is just going to be just fine, you know, without Tim Miller as the director. Yeah, let James Gunn pick the music for Guardians 3. Yeah. Can he kind of give, give it a little bit of a sprinkle? But can he let it go? Can uh, that's what I want to know. Like is he is it can he really like let this go when it comes down to it or is he going to be kind of like Michael Bay and be like, "No, these these are my toys. These are my Transformers. I'm not letting anybody else play with my toys." I think I've said this on another podcast, but I I really think 3 is the magic number. And that James Gunn will stick around and do at least a third Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Okay. Okay. So I, I think he, I think he knows what's up, and he wants a, the trilogy. You know, mm-hmm. you gotta want the trilogy. Yeah. 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 So I I think it's a, a pretty safe lock. Okay. And then after that, he'll think about other projects. Yeah. I think four is asking maybe too much. Yeah, Guardians 3 and then a Star Wars movie. That's what I'm calling. Yeah. Uh, We got a Marvel email that I want to read that ties into this next story. Uh, Benjamin Geis, uh, he sends us an email. This is a follow-up email from an original email he sent me. Uh, It says, Leftovers. Remember a few weeks ago when I mentioned watching the Life trailer as a Venom movie? Apparently this theory, which I'm still guessing isn't true, has been picking up steam on the internet. And so he sent me a link to Reddit. Reddit about four or five days ago, somebody brought this theory up. The same theory that Benjamin Geist brought up probably like two months ago. Yeah, yeah. I've actually seen this theory picking up steam mm-hmm. on the internet too. I've actually sent Brian a link about something yeah. about this theory earlier this yeah. week. Did you see the picture? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um he, he goes on to say, like I said, it is a huge long shot, but if it does end up being true, PCL deserves huge props because it was brought up on your show long before the internet started buzzing about it. Take care, Benjamin. Guys, Benjamin, you get all the props, man. You're the one who brought it up. I just read the fucking email. So. Yeah, no doubt. No, it's a great theory. I it's love a, it. The thing is, I looked it up though. Um, you know, it's, it's not Sony Pictures. I believe it's, uh, is it Columbia TriStar? Yeah, that is Sony. Oh, it is. That's what I was going to ask if they're owned by Sony. Yes, all Sony movies are Columbia TriStar movies. Columbia TriStar. So yeah, okay. So that makes sense. Now, did you see the um did you see the uh the stock photo that they used? Not a stock uh, photo. Yeah. But they they yeah, the, the Spider-Man 3 photo? The Spider-Man 3 photo. Those pictures look really similar, dude. Yeah, it's crazy. Like there are some differences, but yeah, we should post There's that. like one person missing. Yeah, one person. But per- other than, other than that, it's all the same people yes. wearing all the same clothes. Right. Right. So Basically, there's a scene from Life where these characters are lined up looking at the sky, and there's also a scene in Spider-Man 3 where characters are doing the exact same thing, and it's the same actors except there's like one other guy in there. So it, it's it's it, that's that's what people are trying to connect this, and 
does it make sense, Jake? Does it make sense to to make this a a prequel, especially with with Ryan Reynolds being in there and him being he would then be a canon character in the MCU, and he's also playing Deadpool in the Fox. Yeah, but stuff. you kill him off if that's the case. No, I, I get it. I'm just I'm I'm not trying to dispute. <laughs> I'm just saying like I'm just saying does it make sense? I guess. Well, that's the only way it would make sense. Yeah. Like, Ryan Reynolds is not going to make it if this is a Venom origin story. I mean, if that's if that's what this ends up being, that's the most awesome thing ever. Uh, yeah, I would totally agree. Oh, my gosh. It makes me want to see this movie opening night no matter what. Yeah, I'm totally going to see this movie. I cannot <laughs> wait to see this movie. This movie comes out, I think, on the, the 24th? So next yeah, week? Yeah. 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 Oh, man. I can't wait. I'm super excited. I'm totally excited, too. And uh, so this leads us to our next... Uh, story we could be getting a venom movie by 2018 so like this lines up with, with yeah i heard i heard all this like all of a sudden venom news i was like yeah. hmm, all of a sudden venom yeah. news. now they're announcing like are they just getting the hype train going i mean because it was a um you know it was um a tweet from exhibitor relations uh they they tweeted watch out spider-man venom is now part of the release calendar web as sony has slated the spidey spinoff for October 5th, 2018. So it's like, it's weird that we're getting these Venom Life rumors and then now Sony is marking their calendar for a Venom film, man. Uh, this is. And that would be the boldest fucking move of all time. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, and I, I feel bad that people even saw it coming at all if it ends up being true. <laughs> fucking internet, right? Am I right? Yeah, man, if they like if you could have pulled this off at a time when people couldn't have seen this coming, because if, if it's true, they obviously they obviously were trying to hide it. What I'm laughing about is like the fact that it could be true and the fact that I have to go see it opening night now before I get spoiled. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's going to be it's going to be crazy. I'm super excited. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah. Wow. Oh man, that, it's just it's crazy. If they pull this off, and that's true, that's amazing. Yeah. Even with people on the trail, I still props to them. No, I absolutely do. So uh, there was a rumor that Alex Kurtzman was going to direct the Venom film. It got squashed by Sony really quick. Um, the, Sony actually had a statement. They said Kurtzman is not involved and no director has officially signed on for the Venom film. However, Scott Rosenberg and Jeff Pinkner, who wrote Dwayne Johnson's Jumanji, have been tapped to pen the script. So, I mean, is that a movie that's come out? No, it's it's not come out yet. It, who's who's it got in it? It's got the it's got the female lead, I believe. Oh man, I think it's got uh what's her face? She plays uh she was uh, someone good? Doctor Who. She was Karen Gillan. She played Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And she's also Nebula in the Guardians of the Galaxy 3. She's another co-star in that. So, um but uh my question to you about this Venom movie, Jake, is should it get an R rating? Should should Sony should Sony give this an R rating for a Venom movie? Is is life rated R? I, I don't know. I, it's probably PG-13, but does it really matter? Let's talk about Venom. <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, if it is rated R, then that means – and it's a Venom movie. But that's all hypothetical. Well, um, I'll look it up while you talk here. I don't think Venom should be rated R, actually. I mean, it all depends, I guess. If you're going to have a Venom that you're going to just do Venom movies, then sure, have it be rated R. 
But if, if you're going to have a Venom that you're eventually going to put in a Tom Holland Spider-Man movie, mm-hmm. it would seem very weird to make that R. Yeah. I'm looking up the rating on this bad boy. What is this? Don't you think so? I mean, having an R-rated Tom Holland Spider-Man movie, I mean, the, I think the whole point of putting them at that age and at that time is to make it a little bit more fun. Life is rated R, by the way. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There um, you go. I, um... But I, but I also know that Sony for a long time seems like they've had the idea that they can just eventually do Venom movies that are just Venom movies. And if that's the, and I, and I kind of really think that that is their plan. And if that's the plan, then R it up. I, uh, I think that they should just do the Venom movies and do I, – I would love to see a rated R Venom movie. I would love it, okay? And I'm saying as Tom Holland grows up and grows up as the character, I do think that they should go from maybe the PG-13 to the R rating. And I'm not saying like I'm not – I don't want Spider-Man cursing by any means, but maybe the violence should be there and there should be some fear for the character. I think – you know, like like I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. As I'm saying, what do you, what do you really need it to be R for? Like, what is Venom doing? Yeah, I, I know. As I'm saying it, I'm, 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 I'm kind of pulling back on that. I, I would love to see an R-rated Venom film, though. Just, I mean, he's a monster, Jake. I want to see a fucking yeah, Venom and Carnage. And yes, just, just throw, have it just be crazy. You know? Yeah. I'm down for that, but I think mixing that with what they currently have going on with their current Spider-Man situation seems like a bad idea. Yeah. I think having Spider-Man versus Venom in the current Spider-Man movies is a great idea. Yeah. But doing an R-rated style right now is probably not the best. Yeah, I'm having a hard time trying to... I'm having a hard time trying to justify giving us, you know, maybe, you know, two movies of an R-rated Venom, but then pulling back and doing a PG-13 Spider-Man with Venom. I'm having a hard time figuring out how to do that and make it work. Yeah, you just got to keep those universes separate, I think, at that point. Yeah, yeah. But can they? That's the thing. Because everybody wants to see worlds collide, right? You know? Yeah. I mean, Spider-Man's already got a pretty good thing as far as worlds collide goes. Yeah, with Iron Man and with the whole MCU in general. Exactly, exactly. Man, I I really, I'm having a hard time trying to... Sony wants to make that Venom movie on the side. I think think it's it's in their better interest to make Spider-Man not matter in the Venom movie. Because then they can make four Venom movies over the next five, six years. My question to you, though, is how would you make an R-rated Venom movie work without spider-man what what's the story why is spider-man not showing up i mean that's they did comics like that like he's basically the story is is that he's it's a venom that's done with spider-man mm-hmm and he, he's over it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but we're like not even talking about Spider-Man showing up in this universe at all. Like there's no canon of him and Spider-Man ever having any contact at this point is is what I'm getting out of it. I mean, you, you bring yeah. up Spider-Man in this. You're basically you got to time jump the story if you're if you're saying that they had like a backstory together. 
And that's a lot of, I don't know, man. This, it just, it's, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You got to just start from the beginning and have this guy get infected by this thing. Yeah. I don't know. How. Just change the damn story. Just completely change, change the damn story. <laughs> you Spider-Man exists in this world, but like as a background character, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I guess. I and this know. guy's it's walking gonna, down the alley. Don't you think it's going to confuse audiences though? Like, I, I think, I think I'm making it so it doesn't confuse audiences. Okay. You just got to change the story. You got to get. I mean, you can't do the comic nonsense anyway. Like the Venom story by nature is a story that you can't do the way it is in the comic in the movie. Sure. Like you can't get the suit from the fucking battle world that happened in Secret Wars. No. Yeah, we're not doing that. And this is the whole thing. You can't. You can't do it. It's all ridiculous. Yeah. So you just have to fast forward all the way to here's Eddie Brock. He's a man. He's down on his luck. This suit gets him wherever the fuck. And that's all that really matters, right? I guess, man. I'm just... What else do you need? What more? What, what, what well, it's just... I, I think audiences are just going to be like... So I'm just watching... It. Spider-Man's not going to show... <laughs> Spider-Man's not going to show up? Like, <laughs> people are expecting Spider-Man, man. You know? Yeah, I guess so. I get. I don't know. Maybe just in the intro, you show like you really quickly wrap up Spider-Man getting rid of the costume and discarding it. Yeah. You could. I mean, if your audience is smart, I guess. I guess. I don't. I. I want to see him do it, Jake. If there's. If they've. If they've got a great idea, and if they can. And, and if they can show us that well, they have a great, the great idea. Great idea is that Venom. They think Venom is a hugely marketable character. Okay, so you're saying so you're saying like if they go rated R, this is the way to do it, like, and you know there's, but if yeah, what, go, what, go make some money with cool R-rated Venom imagery. But if they start off right out of the gate saying we're going to make a PG-13 Venom movie, then it, it makes sense for him to eventually bump into Spider-Man. Yeah, I just think you keep the thing separate. You just do another Venom in that movie. Really? Okay. Yeah, I really, I really do. I think this is. It's time to sell tickets to people with Venom tattoos, Brian. <laughs> right. It's, but, it's, All right. Now is the time. It's not time to create shared universes. It's time, much like when Ghost Rider came out. It's t- it's time to make that tattoo money. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They're just let's have symbiotes fighting symbiotes <laughs> with giant tongues and blood all over the fucking place. I just all right. I was just I, I guess I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around Venom with no Spider Man. Spider Man free zone. <laughs> <laughs> it happened, man. Venom lethal protector. <laughs> Okay. I'm not arguing. I'm not arguing that. I'm just, yeah. I mean, these things happen in the comic books, Jake, because like they run out of stories and they want to do different things. But like for audiences, I don't know if audiences can like wrap their heads around like a solo Venom movie with no chance of Spider-Man showing up in the films. I, I always I feel think like, I feel like audiences want this. <laughs> I feel like everyone, everyone's like Venom, 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 Venom. Like they, they gotta make this movie. If they do, okay, if they make the first one and it's successful and there's no Spider-Man, then yeah, like don't ruin the formula. Give me more. Um, you know, it's, it's gonna be terrible. 
<laughs> the movie's gonna be terrible. <laughs> oh yeah, this this movie that I'm laying out's not oh. gonna be good. <laughs> so basically, Jake is given a Sharknado. <laughs> I compared it to Ghost Rider just a moment ago. Oh god. Oh man. All right. Let's. Um, I don't know. I'm. I'm looking forward to life will be the first step. So life will be the first step. We'll see if life has any connection to the venom symbiote and then we'll go from there we'll we'll, we'll just yeah, that's ridiculous who, who are you casting as eddie brock in our fictional venom movie Ooh, let me think here who's, who's headlining the venom franchise who's headlining venom uh burr who, who would you cast oh man i i have no idea i'm i'm dumbfounded i would say maybe this is i'm trying to think of like some of the like Younger cast members on Game of Thrones and stuff. And, I was just I gonna just throw out Joseph Gordon-Levitt, but yeah, that's an interesting choice. Yeah, that's an interesting choice. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, he was Robin, and I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Know. All right, enough of the venom. I'm yeah. sorry. Fair enough. Let's move on to some DC news. I promised DC news last week. Oh man, I would have kept talking about venom if I knew that was. <laughs> All right, time for DC news. Last night, Batman destroyed my vagina. And now the leftovers are going to destroy DC news. It's time for DC news, you fucking pieces of shit. Hey, uh, good sign for DC news here. Aquaman movie, it's been delayed until December 2018. Oh, yes. Good sign. Yeah, it's going to come out against a Star Wars movie. Uh, is it? It's going to come out against, uh, we don't know. We don't know, uh, because the Han movie is supposedly coming out. Is it coming out in May? Uh, they say it is. Yeah. I don't think it, I don't think it really will. Okay. Well, yeah, I guess it's slated for May. So I don't know if in 2018 that they have actually, you know, given us a release date for, you know, any Star Wars film in 2018, except for Han, which is May. So, okay, yeah, I, I don't know, man. It grab I, that shit. I mean, when I, was it supposed to come out? Before, Jul- before July. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I think they got scared. What's coming out in July of 2018? I don't know. Probably an Avatar movie. No, Avatar got pushed to 2019, dude. Does it Infinity War come out around that time? Yeah, uh, Infinity War will probably ha- have that May 2018. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. Uh, Jay- were, were you just talking about Avatar? Yeah, I said uh, Avatar got pushed back to 2019. Yeah, I read that and laughed. Jeez, man. And I said, ha-ha. I, I called it. I said this movie would never come out. It's, oh, brother. It's never happening. David Goyer, uh, you're gonna hate this news. I hate this news. David Goyer could direct. I read this. Yeah, could direct Green Lantern Corps. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, apparently he, uh, the rumor is that he will write and direct, according to the rumor. Uh, tracking boards, Jeff Snyder said recently on Meet the Movie Press that he has heard that David Goyer, quote, could very well end up directing Green Lantern Corps himself. He's like, move over, Zack Snyder. You are not quite shitty enough. 
what is what? Uh, come on, like what's going on here? Like, come on, they, they, they can't. can't. They get can't they get someone with another fucking vision to do a fucking DC movie? I don't get it, dude. I don't get let's, it. I mean, let's I, have let's have the same vision on eight movies. Okay, we're gonna talk about new vision when it comes to uh, uh, another character in the DCEU, which which I actually I'm in favor for. We're gonna talk about the, uh, that here in a moment. Uh, actually, we're going to talk about that next. But um, I, I hate this news, man. You're, you're absolutely right, man. David Goyer, he's had his hands all over the DCEU. And here, it, it, it's, he's been so divisive. Like, some people love Man of Steel. Some people hate it. Same thing with Batman v Superman. Like, dude, just get this guy out of here. Yeah, let, let someone else take a stab at this stuff. Yes. Ugh. And you, uh, Green Lantern can't be stuffy. Like Green Lantern has to be fun or it doesn't work. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. I agree 100%, man. It's it, it, it's too much existential, like, nonsense bullshit. And if they don't make it fun, everyone checks out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I really don't have anything more to say about this. I'm just saying I toss this news, especially the fact that he's going to write and now direct. It's like, come yeah. on. Oof. Anyway, Oof. I, I teased that... I, and we got some news about um, – oh, no, no, no. I'll, you know what? I'm going to move into a different – I'll talk about that later, the other character. Uh, Matt Reeves is back on board to direct the Batman, and uh, the rumor is he's given complete creative control. Yeah, yeah, complete creative control. I hear we're doing a complete script rewrite too. Complete script rewrite, and you know how we talked about them doing the script rewrite and we hadn't heard anything about you know J- Joe Manganiello – him still being attached like we thought he was still attached. Yeah. The news coming out now is with the script rewrite. He he doesn't know what's going on. They, they talked to Joe Manganiello. He was uh, speaking to Pittsburgh Today Live, and he threw his hands up in the air when they asked him about this, and he said, um, maybe we'll see. He has no idea if he's going to be doing this film. Jake, you know what? I Get love, the bum out of there. Dude, I love Joe Manganiello. I, I'm a big fan. I loved him in True Blood. I loved him in the Pee Wee Herman movie. He, he's a fine actor. But you know what? This is the old shit. Out with the old, in with the new. If Matt Reeves is doing a complete script rewrite and Deathstroke is not a part of it, I'm sorry, dude. Sayonara. Hit the fucking bricks. I want yeah, a good. That, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I want a good Batman movie, and I don't think it should hinge upon the fact that you had an agreement with Joe Manganiello to do the film as Deathstroke. I agree. I'm a, I'm applauding you. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not. I mean. We want a good Batman movie. And if Matt Reeves is coming in here and they're giving him complete creative control, I don't want him to be tied down to having Deathstroke as the main villain. Yeah, I think you need a fucking name with a fucking draw in a Batman as in a Batman movie villain. Yeah. I, that's you need a fucking name. Yeah. And I don't I don't know. I didn't see Joe Maganella performing some kind of Heath Ledger performance with Deathstroke. Thank you. No, I agree. I, I think it should be a side character. It should be like, you know, like if you're going to have that villain show up at the beginning of the movie that he takes out, maybe that's what you do. I don't know. Or maybe he shows up in a Suicide Squad movie. I think that would be – he should have shown up in the first Suicide Squad movie, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. We need, a, we need a marquee name playing a marquee Batman villain. Yes, I agree. I, so where would you take it? Where would you take the story? I just want to know where you'd go. Are we going Two-Face? Are we going Clayface? Oh, 
man, I don't know. There's so many good choices. There's so many good choices. I definitely would probably go with one of the male villains. So, I don't know. Hmm, man, you put me on the spot. Oh, that, that fuck you. it. You know what? Hey, are you still, let me ask you this question then. Are you still saying that this is good? Like, is that you were a big advocate of this and I'm not saying you were right or wrong. Are you still saying that they're going to do a prequel? Is this going to be a prequel story? I, I think it should be. Okay. I, I think you have more freedom and it's more fun that way. Mm-hmm. So some of so, his past adventures. Yeah. And I, I think it feel, it makes sense that they would do that with Matt Reeves having complete creative control. Cause then like if they put him there, then he can just do whatever the F he wants. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. He's not tied down that year. Absolutely. I, you know, it, it makes sense. Like it, it really makes sense after like, we've seen like the events unfold for the DCEU. I don't want it to be like tied down to anything that we've seen in any other film. I don't also want it to have to be kind of like a bridge to, Another DCEU film with a, with a, with a post credit scene where we have to stick around and wait for that post credit scene and to see what's going to happen in like the next DCEU team up film, like the next Justice yes. League film or something. Like I, I like post credit scenes and like the Marvel stuff. I think it's a lot of fun, but in something I, like this, I don't think that you need to do that. I think you can just end the movie. Yeah. I have a lot of faith. In uh, the Matt Reeves, like I think we saw with the negotiations that he's not fucking around and he wants to make a movie. Yeah. So I, I think it does make sense that he would want to not be involved with trying to further the DCEU as a whole. Right. And that, and that they would give him that kind of before BVS area of Batman. Yeah. 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 So we'll, we'll see, though. Or maybe I'm completely wrong and it's going to be smack dab in the middle of the DCEU because it's the only way they can make fucking money with the DCEU. It shouldn't be. I mean, well, I mean, well, with Wonder Woman, I mean, it's it's a period piece. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, you know, they they might do that with Batman. I think that would be I think it would be smart. I, I, I wasn't like on board with that when you first brought it up, but I'm I'm completely on board now with the way I've seen the events of the other films kind of unfold. I, I want them to separate from that time period altogether. And if it doesn't have to be beholden to anything of any of that other bullshit and we can just get a great Batman story, that's what I want. Yeah, exactly. I think it'd be cool to see a fucking Robin, too. Like mm-hmm. a Batman and Robin done legitimately. Okay, so could this give us our Jason Todd and we get to see how that went down? But that's like a Joker story. So Yeah, that's doing the Joker stuff. Yeah, so- yeah. Something makes me think they're going to stay away from the Joker stuff. Yeah. Though if it was up to me, I would say let's fix the Joker stuff as fast as possible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would say the Suicide Squad wasn't canon anymore. And we're fixing the Joker stuff with this first Batman movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Screen Rant reported uh, details from Humberto Gonzalez from the rap during his set visit about the Justice League. And he's basically saying Justice League will bring Steppenwolf to Earth and see the new heroes try to work together to save the world. However, as many have expected, Steppenwolf is only the beginning of a much larger threat that Darkseid will pose. There has yet to be any word as to how or even if the ruler of Apocalypse would appear, but now the first details on how he will factor into the story may have been revealed. So during a uh, recent Periscope session, the raps, uh, he basically, I think he says something about uh, near the end of the film, it, they're going to, what is it here? Um, uh, 
Dark Side Seven w- Wolf sounds so fucking boring. They just need to yeah. get to the goods and get to Dark Side. They say Dark Side will be shown, but not necessarily heard. So they're kind of kind of like they're going to do oh. a, uh, a Thanos thing. So y- yawn, but they have nothing. They got nothing to back it up, though. Like yeah. Steppenwolf is, does not sound exciting. Yeah, you're right. I, it's yeah. I mean, when you, if, if you're comparing it to the Avengers, the Avengers movie did have like Loki and the Chitari. Like this, on the flip side, is like it's Steppenwolf and then the what were those things called? Those little flying things. Oh, parademons. I the parademons. Yeah, there you go. There so, you go. I don't know. It, it, Steppenwolf and the Parademons versus Loki and the Chitari. I don't know. It seems kind of like the same bullshit. I don't know. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like like who's playing Steppenwolf. Is it someone that's really going to deliver some performance that's going to be really awesome? Yeah, I have no clue. Yeah. No clue. I, 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 probably not since we don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's, no. let's talk Wonder Woman. Uh, Wonder Woman, the new trailer. Did you watch it? Yeah, I did. What did you think? I actually hadn't watched it until I went and saw Beauty and the Beast, and they showed it before that. Okay, what did you think? I thought it was pretty decent. It looked it looked, it looked, looked good. I what mean, you, I'm really, really worried. What are you going to rate it? Uh, I'll give it a high taste it. What did you think? I loved it. Yeah. I, I, it, it. I mean, it was good. I mean, I'm like, I, they don't, DC yeah. knows how to make a trailer yeah. that makes me really want to see a movie. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I love it. I give it a Tupperware for a trailer, but like, I, I, you know, I did this with Suicide Squad, so when the actual movie comes out, that's another story. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You could, I, I don't fault you for Tupperware in this trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a fine piece of fucking trailer cinema. Yeah, but I'm not ignorant on the flip side. It's it's <laughs> it's like it's another DC movie which could very and could very well end up being garbage. I mean, you know, so it's sad but true. That's just that's the climate with these DC EU movies, dude. Yeah, it's some scary fucking shit. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there opening night for Wonder Woman. Me too. I'm scared. All right, Screen Rant, they sat down with Wonder Woman director Patty Jenkins, and they asked her if there is uh, any kind of, like, imposed, uh, if there's any imposed, anything imposed in these movies, uh, a style. Like, does is there, like, a mandate, you know, uh, from from the studio? And she, she went on to say, from my point of view, there is no mandate on tone that I experienced. So I think every filmmaker is making their own movies in the tone that they see right for that movie, and I had no pressure on me to do to not do the same. Uh, don't think that there is one tone. Chris Nolan had a serious tone, and Zach has a different tone that's also serious in a different way. So I think it became a perception there was a ton- there was one tone. That's not what I've heard encouraged. That's what all we heard about when these movies first started coming out, that there's going to be no laughs, no jokes. And now yeah, that was it was all you're, you're absolutely correct. It was all the headlines that these were going to be serious, no joke movies. What was the change? Was it the fact that they brought Jeff Johns aboard? Is it the fact that these movies aren't making as enough enough as much money as they thought they were going to make, Jake? Yeah, I, and I think it's also the fact that the competition is making so much money doing basically the opposite of what their mission statement was. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So that that really makes you change your tune real quick. Yeah, Patty Jenkins just sounds again like kind of like David Ayer was in like the interviews being just like, you know, David Ayer was company man, she's being company woman and just saying, "Oh, no." Oh yeah, those were when you were reading those quotes, I was like, 
I am a robot. Yeah. I will say what I have to say. Right, right. Let, let's see how the, the movie's received once it comes out. Let's see, uh, if the movie gets an ultimate cut and the director's cut that we get. It, uh, it, it's, you're not happy with it, Patty. We'll, we'll see what you say. We'll, we'll see what your quotes are then. That obvious piece of studio garbage was actually my ultimate vision, Brian. Right, right. <laughs> you know, that, 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 yeah, I, I get it, man. That's it. And I'm not saying that this movie's gonna be garbage. I don't know. I'm just, I'm talking about like what we've seen from past films. I'm, that's all I'm saying. Like, I'm just going off of our past history. And I'm you not. You know what? This, this is a little off topic, but. Warner Brothers loves David Ayer. I will tell you that much. They fucking love that guy. He fucking took it all on the fucking chin. He never complained a bit about studio involvement. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, David Ayer, we fucking love you. You want to direct fucking DC Sirens or whatever? You have at it. <laughs> you make this movie and take it on the chin and say it to your fucking vision and don't blame us. Oh man, they we 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 love you. He's like the ultimate fucking tool boy. Yeah, yeah, he's been programmed, Dad. He's been programmed, man. So, oh yeah, I I don't know. Uh, Patty, she, uh, Patty Jenkins, she did talk with uh, Screen Rant a little about uh, a little about what Diana's going to deal with in 1918, and uh, she's I I love this. I think this is cool. I think they could have a lot of fun with this. Apparently, she's oblivious to sexism. And uh, here's her quotes. It's interesting, and it ends up being funny because this sexism comes to the fore. Because she's walking into 1918, and she's completely oblivious. She just keeps being completely confused. She would never know about it. And so there ends up being accidental comments about it. But I also went into it not making a movie about a woman at all. I'm making a movie about Wonder Woman, who I love, who to me is one of the great superheroes. And so I just treat her like a universal character. That's what I think is the next step, is when we can start doing that more and more and the studios have confidence to do that. I think that could be kind of a fun thing to play around with. I I, I really do think that if they nail that, it can make some comical moments. But on the flip side... I was thinking the same thing. It can be comical, but also in a way show us how powerful and empowered she is in the film. Just what much of a badass is. I, I want her to open up male characters eyes in this. Yeah, world. How ridiculous some of our viewpoints are. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, it, well, especially back then in 1918, where these guys are just like, we're the men, we go to war, women can't fight, women should be at home and make, you know, dinner for the man. I, I want to see her just destroy that stereotype. And I want to see, like, other women in the movie see what she's doing and inspired by her. It'd be nice to see a scene at the end of the movie where girls are dressing up on the streets and pretending that they're that they're Wonder Woman. Just like we saw that in the Captain America film. I know it's kind of like taking a page out of it, but we saw like boys on the street playing like they were Captain America. She is that character though. Like she's like that inspirational hope for young girls, you know? So I want to see them do this and do this well. I, I don't want to see like the first female superhero film Fuck! I don't want I don't want them to fuck this up. You don't for, want to see it be a DC mess. I don't, especially for for female fans of the character. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, a shame. dude, like we got our Superman back in 1978. We got that movie, 
and you know little boys everywhere pretending that they're Superman. And I want this movie to do what that movie did for for young women that look up to the character. I want them to do justice to this character that's been around for seventy fucking plus years. Yeah, I do think there's a chance this movie could be good. I do think, and I think one one really strong thing it has going for it is it really doesn't look like it's really that much of a to do with the whole shared universe concept of the DCEU. Yeah. Like it really does look like it's a Wonder Woman centric and not selling you on there being appearances by eight other superheroes or Batman or whatever right. the fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that that's really going for it. And, and I hope it nails that and it can just be a great story, like a great two hour ride. Yeah. The screen rant, they actually went to go, uh, they went, they were in the edit bay. They were talking with, uh, Patty Jenkins and they got to see 10 minutes of the film. And basically what they said was the main takeaway was that it looks nothing like Batman v Superman. So that got me excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I would, I, I love that quote too. Yeah. So, um, I, I'm very much looking forward to, to that movie when it comes out and i'm hoping that it's good uh i want to i want to move on to what i teased earlier um uh a character that i think could be directed by a director that i think can handle it and give it a different tone and maybe hopefully right the wrong of um you know the last uh, film that he was in matthew vaughn the co-writer and director for x-men first class kick-ass and the kingsman is being discussed to direct man of steel 2 yeah, yeah, I've heard this, and yeah. there's been lots of rumors about like what it will actually be. Like, like maybe it's just a Superman movie he's doing, right? Like, okay, so what, what do you what do you mean? I, I'm not I'm not following you. That last thing, I've read rumors that it could be like it's not positive that it, it will even be a Henry Cavill Superman Man of Steel sequel. I'm still not. <laughs> I'm I, I've read, I've, that they're tapping him to do a Superman movie. Yes, I, I get that. They're, 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 so it's not. You're saying Henry Cavill's still in the role, right? No, I'm saying that, that it might not be part of the DCEU, that it might be a separate Superman movie, is what I was hearing rumors of. Where did you hear that? Oh, I've read that in a couple articles. That it's just unclear if it'll be Man of Steel 2. Because I, I, I was reading, it was from Collider, uh, what I read. Here's, here's what I got from Collider. Sources. It's not, not that important. Well, I just, I want, I want to read what I have. Sources tell us that Kingsman, the Secret Service filmmaker Matthew Vaughn, is Warner Brothers' top choice to direct Man of Steel 2. And preliminary conversations about the prospect have taken place. Uh, this isn't yet. Uh, in the deal-making stage, and Vaughn could very well end up not directing the film, but he's who Warner Brothers wants at this point in time. Moreover, sources tell us that if Vaughn, for some reason, doesn't direct Man of Steel 2, Warner Brothers still wants him to helm another superhero movie in the DCEU. So they're, it sounds like they've, they've got their sights set on him. It necess doesn't necessarily have to be Man of Steel 2. It could be... Um, you know, another movie that they have lined up. They just want Matthew Vaughn for a project. So, gotcha. Um, I don't know. I, 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 just, I didn't see the, I was, I was trying to get the information out of you because I hadn't heard that he was, that it might not be a Henry Cavill Superman movie, but it might just be like a completely different Superman story, maybe like an Elseworld story or something. I, I don't. 
Yeah, I just I, I just heard rumors that it was unbeknownst that he kind of wanted to make a fun Superman movie. Hmm. Well, okay. Back in 2010, it was reported that Vaughn and Mark Millar pitched the, their idea of a Superman movie to Warner Brothers, and this is what Vaughn said his vision of Superman was in films. Here's his quote uh, from back in 2010, uh, 2010. I think that's the one thing not to do with Superman, trying to do the serious The Dark Knight vision version. Superman is about color and fun, or it should be for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I just don't know. I don't see, like, if that's his vision, I don't see how you can 180 it with what you have going right now. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, that would seem ridiculous. Yeah. But it also seems like they're, how how is, if that happens, Jake, if, if you're Cavill, do you walk? Yeah, I think so. I don't think you need him anyway. I think you're better off having him walk. If, if you're if if you're making that, and I'm not even sliding Cavill here. Like even I, I just think if you're making that drastic of a of a change to what you're doing in the first place, I, th- I think you have to recast. I think you're opening up a whole new can of worms by doing that, though. See. Here we go. We've got this established DCEU where we know in Justice League we're going to get, you know, Superman, like the great glorious return of Superman. We know it's going to happen. He's going to come back towards the end of that film. It's going to happen. Um, and, and we know that he's going to come back and he'll probably be in Justice League too. But the problem that you face now, let's say they, they get Matthew Vaughn. He does, uh, he does, a, he does his own version of Superman. It's, uh, and it's not in this world that they've set up this expanded universe. And it's its own self-contained story. Let's say audiences gravitate more towards the Superman that they cast in this film and they love it. It's kind of like they nail it. It's, it. They knock it out of the park. It's kind of like Deadpool, you know, like everybody's just yeah. like, oh, this is my this is my new, this is my new Superman crush. I love this. Well, then it's going to just do it right away. I just do it right away. Just immediately. That's the Superman in the DCEU. It's this now. <laughs> <laughs> what they just like <laughs> yeah man it's gone out with the old and with the new so it's you're basically you're now. saying they're gonna pull a roseanne becky on us yeah it's gonna be earth two superman so they're, they're just gonna go roseanne and give us that that new becky and we just are supposed to accept it yeah man there's other supermans out there that's how that's how it works anyway all right okay I don't know, man. You're confusing me this episode with like no Spider-Man and Venom and now just new Superman pops up and nobody's supposed to be the wiser. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone can know. No one will miss, no one will miss it once they see the new. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a shiny new Superman and well, hey, yeah. like, 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 like 10 years from now, there'll be an article like, Hey, whatever happened to that? <laughs> other guy <laughs> <laughs> he was the worst and they, they, they track down henry cavill who's like living on the street <laughs> 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 whatever happened to you man <laughs> one time you were that superhero <laughs> oh man uh, yeah, I, I with him brand new matt von superman oh man 
Uh, let's see here. Um, we have just a little bit of um, Star Wars news, like so very minimal Star Wars news, and then we're gonna wrap up, dude. I'm not gonna read emails this week. I'm just, it's just one of those weeks where I'm just going to put this show to bed. Uh, yeah, dude, it's late. Let's it's, wrap this shit up. Yeah, it's uh, time for Star Wars news, real quick, and then we're done. <laughs> You were supposed to be here with me, listening to Pop Culture Leftovers Podcast. That's not true. That's impossible. All right, Frank Oz uh, recently was asked about the possibility of Yoda showing up in uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi by Variety. Here's what he said. I feel like I'm a prisoner at war here, and I can only give you my name, rank, and serial number. To be true, <laughs> to be true to the people who asked me, and they are kind of my family, I have to say I've been asked not to talk about it. I love Yoda. I would be happy to talk to you about it at the time they let me. Oh, man, why would he even say anything like that if it wasn't, he wasn't doing something with them? Yeah, it's, um, it's one of those things, I mean, I'm gonna tie this into something else though, but it's one of those things where like, you know, I've heard the rumors that they are, that, that there are people, I, you know, they haven't been able to give confirmation, and it, it's making StarWars.net, they've, they've heard from people that have seen a, that they, that they believe have seen a, um, a, uh, a Yoda puppet that they've, that they've made. Oh um, yeah, I remember you talking about that in like an yeah, old episode. Yeah, they can't get like 100% confirmation, but, you know, they're hearing from people that are on the set that that there are people that have seen this, that have been involved in this. So, you know, I find it hard to believe that that we're not going to see Yoda in either episode eight or nine. I mean, that, Luke talking to Yoda, Ghost Yoda, Force Ghost Yoda, it, it, it's got to happen, right, Jake? Yes, 100%. Yeah, I mean, we've seen it in Rebels. Like, why would we not see it in this like, well, not, yeah. I'm not saying Force Ghost Yoda and Rebels. We've seen Yoda and Rebels. Like, if we get Yoda and Rebels, like, we gotta get Yoda in episode eight or nine. 100%. 100% yes. Yeah. I feel like. That's exciting. Yeah. And he's gotta, he's gotta, kinda gotta be tight lipped about it, you know? Um, yeah, he was very cheeky with that answer. Yeah, he really was. He really was. He's like, he's, he, it's like he, he would love to come out, I'm sure, and just say, yeah, I'm in it, but he can't. You know, yeah, so he's kind of, kind of, he's exactly. got, he's got to dance around it a little bit. So, <laughs> you know, and it, my question to you, Jake, is like, okay, uh, we both agree Yoda's got to show up in one of these movies. So, anyway, Obi Wan, like, it's almost like kind of like the same thing with the Obi Wan stuff that's going on right now. We're hearing like, could we get a Force Ghost Obi Wan? Uh, okay, no, the, the thing is like, are we going to get an Obi Wan spinoff movie? And they haven't, yeah. they haven't announced an Obi-Wan spinoff movie. What are the chances that we are going to get an Obi-Wan spinoff movie? And like, I'm going to tell you, I think that, you know, we've heard these rumors that, that they have plans for Obi-Wan within these, within these films and they can't do any, they can't talk about future Obi-Wan Kenobi films until they get planned, until the plans that they have with the character now are done with. It feels like. Yeah. It feels like we are going to now. Are those plans that we're going to see a Force Ghost, you and McGregor, or are those plans that Ray is actually related to Obi Wan Kenobi? That she's in the Kenobi family. Yeah, if she ends up being in the Kenobi family, it definitely does tie up the loose end of why we're being tight-lipped about the Obi Wan Solo stuff. Yeah, 
Yeah. You gotta believe, so, you gotta believe, Jake, that they want to do Obi-Wan Kenobi spinoff films. It has to yeah. be something that they've talked about. It has to be something that they've talked about. Even though earlier I reported that they won't do any more legacy films, man, Ewan McGregor is prime. He's ready for this. I think that he's going to be coming fresh off of Fargo, and I think that series, season three, is going to be amazing. I think they're going to want to take advantage of this character. I, I don't see any way around it, but who knows? Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I want to see that shit too, and you got to strike while the iron's hot before he gets too old. Exactly. I mean, oh, dude, you know what I was reading the other day is that I think it's is Mark Hamill sixty two now. Ooh, I don't, I, I don't know. I'm terrible with how old the people are. I think I read something like he is like maybe the same age or a year older than uh, Sir Alec Guinness was when he played the role of Obi Wan Kenobi in the original trilogy. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. That's wild. Now that you mentioned, I think I heard something along that line too. Yeah. Dude, that's, that's our fucking episode, dude. Let's, God, let's end this thing. Nice, nice. Let's take it out. Take yeah. it out behind the barn and shoot it. Yeah, next week, I promise, guys, hopefully we'll be a little bit more lively. I know this episode sucked, but deal with it. You got a lot of news. Deal with it. I was pretty lively. You were just a bummer. <laughs> 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 This is true. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue that. You know. <laughs> good shit. All right. And just like all good leftovers stay in their doggy bags. Thank you for your patronage and thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Later, y'all. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, "I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap." Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. It's a trap. Good and toss it, good and take it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, hate it, race it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over, counterculture, push over. Pop culture. Leftover. Uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftover. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and do the shaft the crap, even though we're the shit. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It's, it's, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Do we 
love it. Hey, let's face it. Can't embrace it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftover. Uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftover. The band that's singing this hot culture leftovers.